Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. All of the action. All the latest news from the pits and paddock. Informed comment and analysis. There is only one authority on endurance racing. And one place to listen. RadioLeMans.com. three and race four of the 2017 Michelin Le Mans Cup brings us to the Styrian Mountains in Austria. Who could argue with coming to this place to go motor racing? A relatively short track, just over two and a half miles, but it effectively goes up the side of a mountain and then works its way back down again through turns three, four and five, heading into rent and then the final corners. A tight and twisty technical circuit and our third stop on the tour we kicked things off in May at Monza and a double header at Le Mans which was a two races over 55 minutes trip still to come to the south of France to Spa in Belgium and to Portimao in Portugal there is a quick look at the track here as well as I say it's uh, four kilometers two and a half miles and a real challenge for these drivers that are making their way to the grid the LMP3s and the GT3s qualified a little earlier on today and Graham Goodwin to my right and me Johnny Palmer around to see it still 39% uh, humidity in the air I don't think that necessarily represents a, a strong chance of rain although I'll be keeping my eye across the forecast because this is very definitely an endurance race two hours you need to make a pit stop somewhere between 55 minutes and 65 minutes and unlike qualifying Graham where you have to have your bronze driver setting the time that determines where you start on the grid you can start the race with either of your drivers you can indeed and there's a couple of the pro drivers are taking that option on this grid Johnny after super super late efforts secured pole position for the SPV racing Ligier after what had looked like a dominant performance from the DKR engineering Norma uh, the 21 cars all coming to the grid now we don't think any dramas since qualifying for any of the runners uh, but we're going to see a couple I think of runs from the back of this grid uh, with cars that didn't qualify at the front uh, we're going to have uh, on the ninth row of the grid the RLRM Sport number 14 Ligier Alex Capadia will uh, start the race in that car and ahead of him on the grid uh, on the eighth row in the 16th position the Ram Racing uh, Mercedes AMG GT3 will start the race in the hands of Tom Onslow Cole after a good effort from Ramon Voss uh, rookie at this kind of level Ramon but uh, it'll be left to Tom Onslow Cole to do what he can uh, to actually get that car to the front of the order before handing the car over. Uh, we've seen before in the Le Mans Cup a bit of a change in strategy from some of the, these Pro-Am teams, perhaps putting in 
the pro driver and the, those of you with long memories will remember that that happened here this, uh, this time last year when it was an all GT3 affair but uh, Johnny Molan's run from the back rather spoiled by the fact that there was a three car pile up I'm afraid at the first turn that is the risk from this. There are a couple of risks, actually, and we were over lunch chatting, funnily enough, to, on, to Tom Onslow Cole about the pros and cons of putting a gold driver in first as against the bronze driver, which for Ram Racing is Ramon Voss. And Ramon, definitely a man on the up, getting into motorsport relatively late on in his life after a really successful uh, lifetime career in business and has found a little extra cash to go motorsports racing uh, with his co-driver Tom Onslow Cole and Dan Shuffleboard and runs the team. The five Mercedes then starting from uh, third position in the GT3s and from 16th position when you factor in the P3s. The problem is, if it does all go a bit pear-shaped up ahead, they've put Tom Onslow Cole in that car, so there is a chance that the car could be involved in an incident through no fault of Tom's, of course, or... You might have a late safety car, which is something Correct. else we discussed, yep. and that's often why in GT3 races, whether that be one-hour, two-hour, three-hour GT3 races, the gun driver, the really quick driver, is kept till the last moment, just in case there is an incident and there has to be a restart and you want someone very, very quick to motor it to the finish. Well, we got a, a glimpse there of the car that's going to be Tom Onslow Cole's principal target, and that is the number 46 EB Motors Lamborghini that took pole position in the GT3 class. It's a bit of a mix-up in the middle order between the GT, the, the quick qualifying GTs and the slower qualifying LMP3s. That should make life interesting. They're pretty well matched around here in terms of lap time, depending on the driver. But uh, it's a good-looking grid once again. And the in the mix this year for the first time, of course, in Le Mans Cup, the addition of the LMP3 cars, they make, make 15 of the 21 starters here at the Red Bull Ring. Now glorious sunshine again. See the clouds, though, gathering, and weather here can change remarkably quickly. We saw it a couple of evenings ago from, well, literally kind of sun-burning bright mm. sunshine to absolutely torrential downpour out of what, at the time, felt like a clear blue sky. Just gets to that point where the atmosphere just can't take much more, effectively. It's been heated up and heated up throughout the day and something's got to give, and the dark clouds rolled in. We had a, a downpour, as you say, which would soak you through the, to the skin within a couple of seconds. That eased off very quickly, but then the rest of the evening was a torrential downpour, thunderstorm, lightning, and don't think the weather's going to be quite as bad as that today, although we might have a sprinkling of the wet stuff over the next couple of hours. Tomorrow, though, for the European Le Mans Series event, uh, much heavier rainfall is the forecast. Potential one to watch there, Motorsport 98, almost in the shadow of the Red Bull sculpture in the centre of this circuit. Eric Dodonka will start that car. Andy Merrick, ex-Bentley and Aston Martin factory driver, will take that car over for the second half of this race. And Andy, I think, enjoying his time at the moment, has shifted focus to some Pro-Am racing with some gentlemen customers of his in LMP3 and GT4 racing and doing well in both. Eighth on the grid is this uh, number 12, S3 Suite Sport uh, Management, uh, Scuderia Valorba Corsa. Ligier with the all-carbon front end there after an incident in free practice. Not far away now from getting these cars underway. 33 car there, the Ibrahim Pado Javier car, seventh on the grid on the fourth row. Yep, uh, it took a while for that car to get going in qualifying after one or two offs, including a spin 
at the, I think it was later on in the lap, we had several spinners at the first turn, although 33 I don't think was, but Ibram Pardo, Javier is the entry, and Javier Ibram, one of the drivers, in fact, Matthijs Bakker, the other, and it'll be the Spaniard to start that car, to hand over to fellow bronze peddler Bakker. As you can see from this shot, uh, overdevelopment of an urban area, not an issue here. Very green, very, very pleasant. Sixth on the grid, and a great qualifying run here from Sean Lynn which means they're on the side pod of the, uh, the Broly to keep uh, his co-driver nice and cool. There is Sean aboard the Gulf Marine liveried 23 car. Father of Alex Len, of course. Doing great things in endurance racing around the world at the moment as part of the WC G-Drive team. And then alongside that car, on the third row, the number 65 Graf car, and that is going to be started by Adrian Chila. Graf Racing, of course, represented in the European Le Mans Series race tomorrow by their pair of LMP2 Oricas, and uh, their LMP3 efforts from last year in the LMS moves over this year to the Michelin Le Mans Cup, and they're very welcome indeed on this grid. Had to catch an eye, I think, of the 79 car, the Nielsen Racing Ligier of Tony Wells and Colin Noble. That car is due to start from fourth position. And Colin Noble doing quite a bit of LMP3 driving in the UK as well with Nielsen Racing. So that car will start on the outside of the second row. And there is Tony Wells already inside the 79 car. He'll hand over to Colin then somewhere between 55 and 65 minutes and the 79 car neatly placed in the championship second 10 points behind the DKR engineering car they remain on 36 and 26 points respectively then but of course the car that took pole position number 44 gained an extra point and it needs a few points only one and a half to its name after a tricky start to the season for SPV Motorsport we'll see a little more of that car in a second but this is the N-Race entry number 99 of Alain Costa and Thomas Ackery two Frenchmen and the bronze driver to start that car but a tremendous sight this main start and finish line makes with its uh, steep incline up to turn one this, this is the car, Johnny, we thought throughout most of that session was going to take pole position. DKR Engineering, mm. John Gloria, still very cheerful indeed, but had that pole position snatched from him right at the death of the session from nowhere <laughs> with an amazing final sector. But uh, this Norma is certainly going to be a challenge for the Ligiers. Great to see a bit of a mix between the two French makes in LMP3 on this grid. And Alex Sorrell, who is Jean's teammate, took victory in the second race of the week, the Le Mans week. There were two Road to Le Mans races, of course, in the build-up to the big 24 hours. And standing outside the car, Alvaro Fontes about to clamber on board then the 44 machine that took pole position late on in the session by just one one-hundredth of a second. It was very, very tight indeed and the 44 car snatching it, as Graham says, from the Norma. So a Ligier and Norma front row representing Spain and Luxembourg. And it is DKR Engineering that lead the championship. They need not worry so much about the 44. As I say, SPV Motorsports, a tricky start to their, for their season. They're down in 16th with just one and a half points to their name. You might ask, where on earth does the half point come from? Well, if you finish outside of the top 10, but you're still a classified finisher, you do get half a point. So you get uh, cars that have finished 11th, 12th, 15th. 
gaining these half points throughout the season so much so that Spirit of Race number 55 fourth in the championship have 15 and a half and trail DKR Nielsen and United Autosports with their number two car looking through the rest of the grid it will be the Maratiotto car Marcello Maratiotto sharing with Marco Cencetti and they race for SV, SVC Sport Management a team based in Austria only a couple of teams that are here this weekend at their home race but SVC Sport Management with two cars one in LMP3 and one in the GT3 Brigade uh, Lamborghini Huracan in fact for Cedric Mezar and Stevie S and, uh, there's an interested party just been taking a few snaps of a very good looking grid and he and his team have got reason to be proud of this is Gerard Naveau, the head of LMEM, the organisation that looks after the FI World Endurance Championship, the European Le Mans Series, and this, the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Clearing the grid now, ahead of the start. Isn't it great to see this place in full sunshine? It's a spectacular location to come racing. It's a spectacular location to come and do anything, frankly. Yeah. But uh, a colourful grid the LMP3 cars and the GT3 cars looking magnificent this afternoon. And it's obviously going to be thirsty work for all the pit crew in their Nomex suits to protect them from any incident in the pit lane. And they're going to be watching the race from the relative coolness of the garages. But we'll have to step out into the heat of the pit lane a apron to do the pit stops. But a thought for the drivers as well and the non-pro drivers who will do a little bit of fitness where time allows. But, you know, their main job is generally not motor racing. So need to be fit and raring to go to do 55 minutes in these very, very warm cars. The engine in the P3s sits right behind the cockpit. Yeah, that's, uh, that greenhouse, the uh, cockpit, will be getting very warm indeed. And, uh, of course, some of these bronze drivers, very much amateurs, this is, as Johnny said a little earlier in the broadcast, this is, you know, what they choose to spend their time and, for, for a great degree, their money on. Mm -hmm. And uh, to see the state that physically some of them emerge from these cars, you'd wonder how much of a pleasure that would be. But they're absolute uber enthusiasts. And given the opportunity, given a lot more money and a lot more skill, I uh, can't say as I would make a different choice. There may well be a little bit of makeshift air conditioning carried by some of these cars. And I say makeshift, just some holes almost feeding into the car to blow some cool air, passing air into the face of the driver just to make sure that uh, they can keep their wits about them. But 55 minutes could be a bit of a haul around this place in the baking sunshine. And the grid is now being cleared of the last individual members that still are by the cars, just to ensure that they start. Many of them holding brollies as well, not because of the threat of potential rain, but because of the heat. And those last few members on the grid are now being, well, about to be asked to leave as we continue the countdown ahead of this third round of the season for the Michelin Le Mans Cup, the fourth race indeed. And we've had victories for Nielsen Racing at Monza, a victory in the first race at Le Mans for the number two of United Autosports. That was John Falb and Sean Rahal. And then the DKR engineering duo of Jean Glorieu and Alex Turrell, who's a real talent of the future, silver driver, looking forward to his stint at DKR engineering for the second hour of this race. 
So this race due for a four o'clock start. Two hours now on the clock and we're just around the corner from the start of that race. A low-flying drone, I think we just spotted yep, on just, the grid as well. Just above the, uh, the Jaguar course car that will lead this field away. You see it there. A white drone will be getting, I'm sure, some spectacular shots for us at the start of this race. So LMP3 becoming a real global formula. In fact, earlier today, another ACO-sanctioned race across in Malaysia with the Asian Le Mans Sprint Cup. Again seeing a tidy grid of LMP3 cars and one-minute board goes up. And what you're looking at here and what you would have been looking at if you watched their broadcast earlier today online are some of the teams and some of those drivers that will be, I'm sure, in a year or two's time in the European Le Mans series in LMP2 and LMP3 and certainly uh, looking forward to, I'm sure, what is everybody's dream on this grid. This is the road to Le Mans, the Le Mans 24 hours. And the early idea was to maybe review the standings within P3 at the end of the year and the possibility to exchange teams out of this championship and into the ELMS in a promotion stroke relegation type format. It remains to be seen whether that will be carried through at the end of the year but this, the, we're continuing to elongate the, the bottom section of the ladder if you like and create yet more ways to race at Le Mans in years to come and this at the moment is the entry level for LMP3s and also a great place to race a GT3 car as well taking on what used to be GTC from the European Le Mans series into a separate class it was run as a separate class for the first time last year and P3s added to the grid for 2017 the formation lap then is on the way three minutes till the start that's about right to get these cars around the 2.6 mile circuit at Spielberg and they should therefore be coming out of turn nine the final corner on this uh, grade one listed track should be coming out of that corner at a couple of seconds to four o'clock SVC Lamborghini little struggle getting off the line but they're all the way cleanly now and in the proper order and formation We'll get uh, close to around turn 8-9 before I'm sure we'll hear Eduardo Freitas tell the field to form up in grid order. The recap on the of the grid on the bottom of your screen. That's row 5 then. Cool Racing alongside Motorsport 98. The pole position in GT3 taken by EB Motors and Emanuele Busnelli starting alongside an LMP3 car. Then the next of the GT3s, that's Flick Haig for Optimum Racing in an Audi. And the Spirit of Race 55 car is a P3. Going to be started by Claudio Sedanovic. More GT3s, one definitely to watch in the early stages is the car driven by Tom Oslo Cole to start from 16th position, car 5. And the SVC, Sport Management Lamborghini Huracan, will start from 21st position, 6th in class at Lambeau, run by the Austrian outfit and started by Cedric Mezar in readiness for Stevie S, the gold-graded driver towards the end of the race and it's been a little bit untidy there yes the, it did uh, hence Eduardo Freitas's message there to just close up the gaps there's still opportunity to do that the middle of the pack the is at turn four the cars are making huge gaps the line is very long now, if this isn't to his liking he'll send them around again so let's hope we can get the cars the, the front end of the grid 
more or less where it needs to be. To grid formation, cars to grid formation. I need all the gaps closed immediately. Cars to grid formation. So initially, Eduardo wanting the gaps between the nose-to-tail cars closed, and then that gives everyone the opportunity to get side-by-side. Side. Cars to grid formation immediately. The line is very long. Into this Noah's Ark-type formation, two-by-two, two, effectively a moving side-by-side side grid, and that generates a rolling start. But we are running out of time now to get this into position. Graham's already shaking his head. I think the front section of the grid is going to be fine. Close the gaps immediately. Close the gaps immediately. Yes, irritation being shown by the race director here. Looking at a bit tidier there. Mm. Position to keep the pace. All position. That's a lot better now. Overtaking over. only after the signal and after you've crossed the start line. That's over the rise then only into ringed corner. Still instructions from Mulvado coming. I think he may just about be happy with this now as the cars exit turn nine. They are side by side, although looking a little bit ragged. If he wanted two straight lines, Eduardo Freitas' chance has gone, I'm afraid, but we're underway. We certainly have started it, and the two cars at the head of the order power their way into the first corner. Can the 44 get through safely? Yes, the DKR engineering car forced a little bit wide, but nowhere near as wide as many of the other cars further back. Thankfully, none of them connecting with a tyre wall. The GT3 leader is still Emanuele Busnelli in the Lamborghini, but it is Alvaro Fontes that leads the way. He's being hunted every inch of the way by Jean Glorio in second position, though, Graham. Yeah, a couple of cars very, very wide indeed at Turn 1, including Alex Capardia getting out the way of close contention with a couple of the GT3 cars just ahead of him on the road. Tom Onslow cars, they started on the grid. They're the two pros, remember, to watch coming up through that order. If they can manage to keep it clean. 13th and 14th through the first timing sector. And the Nielsen Racing car has got the jump on the N-Race machine. Now, N-Race started two drivers right on the grid so had the more optimum line into the first corner but Nielsen able to go right round the outside so Enrace dropping to fourth position and starting to gang up a little bit now on Ala Costa in that 99 car because also there is the that's possibly the Graf car that is not very far away in fifth place we'll pick through the top few runners as they go across the line in a second and confirm their places but it's been a great getaway for Emanuele Busnelli although as I say that he goes a touch wide oh and there's side to side contact at turn nine as the Lamborghini tries to re rejoin as well meanwhile cars to Emanuele's right hand side more P3s trying to pick off that GT3 car but that was all because the Lamborghini got the wrong line into Rint corner and as he rejoined he walloped the Maywell in the cool racing by GPC car I think it was that gave Alex Capadia the opportunity to come back uh, through the pack he's up into where is the 11th position now so that run to the front from the RLRM Sport car is underway just looking to see where Tom Onslow Cole already up to second in the GT3 class and 13th overall so that's to plan as, uh, as well at the moment Big lock-up from somebody back in that pack. I think we're all still on the island. Marcello Malatiotto, a bit of a star in the early stages. He has gained a number of positions now. Yes, there is. 
It's the DKR engineering car then coming out of Rauch corner for the second time and is ahead now of Alvaro Fontes. So Jean Clorieu takes the race lead partway round the second lap, but also, as I say, look out for car 12 up from eighth position now running to fifth. Jean Lynn off the track and uh, running around the back of the. Now, is this a big lockup? It was the big lockup. Running through the gravel and instead of pulling back into traffic, takes the option of going across the gravel trap to the escape road and will rejoin safely. So uh, Jean-Gloria it is with a clear lead as they cross the line to finish lap two. It is 1.7 seconds to the good after a lap of 1 minute 29.671 seconds and no one else can match that. Here comes Alice Capaldi, still making up places up to eighth position now. Started that car down in 18th, so 10 places on the first two laps from Alex Cabardia. Keeping an eye as well on the GT3 lead because Tom Oslo Cole has very hurriedly worked his way up the order and is now right on the boot lid of Emanuele Busnelli. Here they come towards turn two and the, all the dark grey Ram Racing Mercedes right on the tail end of the Lamborghini and also with them will be Flick Alex Hague. Uh, Hague in the number 75 Optimum Racing Audi, yes. So that's your one, two, three in GT3 and it will be Tom Onslow Cole looking for a way by Busnelli. Great display in qualifying from Busnelli. Tom Onslow Cole though is the pro driver in the Ram Racing Racing uh, Mercedes AMG. The, the game here for Tom will be get to the front, get a gap that Roman Voss can then defend. Busnelli, though, doing a great job at the moment of fending off the pro driver. Gloria, though, is pulling away and pulling away quickly in the lead. Almost three seconds to the good as he comes to complete lap three. Quick look at Phil Keane there in discussion with the guys at. Uh, Lee Mole Motorsport effectively Lee Mole is the entrant for the number 7 Mercedes that Lee is currently at the wheel of and meanwhile there's a battle now developing for second and third positions as the 44 car is under pressure from Tony Wells for Nielsen Racing a look back at the start and everyone cleanly away there was very nearly contact in fact a big lock up into the first corner and that was maybe Sean Lynn uh, late on the brakes as well and then the side-by-side -side action as Emanuele Busnelli gave the cool racing car, started by Alexandra Quani, a bit of a side swipe at turn nine, but both cars are still running. It was the 33 car with a big lock-up lock in the turn one, and it was getting away from that gaggle of cars in the apex, which is why Alex Capadio went wide, but I think he went rather wide than he expected he'd have to. He's up in the seventh, meanwhile, and Busnelli still fending off Tomon's local but barely, just three tenths of a second, there they are, and the lead of GT3 car just kicking up the dust ahead, it's the 33 car again, it's about to be bossed by the GT3 leader, Busnelli going up the inside of the Ligier, has he seen him? Oh, the chops off the nose there, that's given Tom Onslow Cole an opportunity to get onto terms, and Flick Haig waiting there, too, she can get involved in this one, Busnelli looking a little more ragged there as he recovers, from just that stumble in traffic with the Ligier. Yeah, dropping a couple of uh, wheels onto the kerb there, the right-hander at OMV, at uh, Vorstal Pien, rather, and then onto Rint Corner, which is the penultimate right-hander. 
through Red Bull Mobile and back onto the main start-finish straight. First, second and third in GT3 absolutely together. They're up to 11th, 12th and 13th positions in the overall standings as well. And just ahead of them is Javier Ibram as part of the 33 squad there. Ibram, Pardo, Javier, Ligier. And if anything, this GT3 cars all working together are a little quicker than the 33. Yeah, any mistake by the 33 is going to have him with... Well, more than mirrors full. There you go. It's looking the window. And there goes Lamborghini up the inside of the Ligier. Thomas Lecoeur is going to have a crack at, at uh, doing the same. The Lamborghini man trying to put that car between the two doesn't work this time. Thomas Cole goes through. He's still with the Lamborghini. V10, Lamborghini versus V8, Mercedes AMG. And Flick Haig now looking for an opportunity to get by the 33 car. That breaks itself and there through goes the... The Audi, this is a cracking GT3 battle. Certainly is, and of course, only one of these three cars has their pro driver, their non, their non uh, gentleman, if you like, in the car. Absolutely. Gentle lady, and uh, Flick Haig to be taken over by Joe Osborne a little bit later on, but Flick incredibly quick for a non-pro driver and did really well at Monza but ended up having the win stripped from them because of breach of regulations in the pit stop halfway through as Emanuele Bustelli runs incredibly wide there he's done that once before and just as track limits were an issue in qualifying there will be as well in the race so if he keeps doing that then Eduardo Freitas will have one or two words to send the way of the team this is 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th it is Alex, sorry, 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th, my apologies. And that is the lead battle, uh, rather the battle for second ahead of them, because Jean Glorio is pulling away 4.8 seconds to the good now, consistently in the 129s, and setting the fastest lap on lap 4, a 128.880. Onslow Cole now rather more urgently looking for a run by this Lamborghini. Will want to get to that lead, will feel as if he can make up ground if and when he can get there but this is now the battle for 10th overall so six of the LMP3 cars are behind this battle yep nine ahead of them and slight concerns for the cool racing by GPC car that was uh, rudely assaulted at turn nine I just wonder whether that car is running not as nicely as it was set up Alexander Kearney really struggling so maybe has that knocked the steering out of position some tracking issue and the four car although still circulating is now stone last behind Cedric Mezar in the number 8 SVC Sport Management Lamborghini nose to tail for second and third as Tony Wells takes a little look at Alvaro Fontes more than a little look he's gone right up the inside to take second place away for Nielsen Racing a very very good move there from Tony Wells highly experienced in small pro Type radicals and north of that, including LMP2. And uh, Tom Onslow Cole looking to do an identical move. There's no room there though for Tom. So good stuff from Tony Wells up into second position. Let's see if he can do anything about uh, reeling in what is now a six and a half second gap to the Norma ahead. Sole Norma in this uh, in this grid, by the way. Very, very steep climb from turns one up to two. The camera rather flattens it out, but uh, it does really get very steep at the end of that climb to Remus Corner, and then it carries on getting higher as the track before you finally plateau across the top shelf of the circuit and on towards Rauch Corner. But much further round is Jean Glorieux, 
sharing with Alex Torrell, but we don't really need the silver driver in the car at the moment. The bronze is doing a perfectly good job for this team from Luxembourg, driven by uh, a Belgian and to be handed over to a Spaniard. So a true mix of nationalities and DKR Engineering have taken several pole positions so far this year. Just the one win, though, and that was for a little more than half points at Le Mans. Meantime, close battle here for fourth in the GT3 class with Lee Moll fending off Christoph Ulrich. The number seven Mercedes AMG ahead of the 95 Rally 458, remember. This is the whaling non-turbocharged V8 version, the old lady if you like. And meantime, Campania there looking for a way up the inside of the number 12 car. Did he make it? Well, he's already taken the 65, he's up in the sixth, was looking for fifth there as well. He's alongside, wrong side for this turn, so he'll need to make it before they get into turn three. And, oh, Gunthwan hadn't seen the 65 had come alongside him. So Alex was looking for his line, had not realised the graph car that he'd already overtaken and caught him back up. He's gone by the 12. He's up into fifth, fifth position. Tremendous fight. And the fastest lap of the race last time around from Alex Capadia. But... Uh, so not yet, uh, well for Alex, not yet eight laps completed. That car started 18th, it's now in fifth place. Correct. Phenomenal drive from Alex there. Um, we would expect that from a silver-graded driver. He's to hand over to Ross Warburton, who's the bronze later on. Meanwhile, it's side-by-side -side between the Duquesne Engineering car. This is the 55 car. Duquesne Engineering ceding the position to the 55 Spirit okay. race car. So that's for 16th place. So there's battles all the way down the order here. Yeah. But Sean Lynn behind after that run through the gravel dropped him back through the order. Mm. He wants to get involved as well. Here comes the 22 car. That's the other United Autosports car of Jim Maguire. Yes, it is. So the two United Autosports cars hunting in a pack. And a chance to have a look at the number seven Mercedes with a slightly different livery on it, I think, from Le Mans. Just an upgrade, maybe some additional sponsors for the car entered by Lee Mall and driven by Lee and Phil Keane. There's the 95 car then for Spirit of Race, the 458 of Christoph Ulrich to be handed over to Maurizio Mediani, very quick Italian driver, as uh, the inside there for Alex Impardia comes back again. Now, was that the end race car that Alex had already got by on yeah, the straight? That was for fourth, yes. uh, but it was the other way around. I mean, Alex had taken fourth, he's just right. lost it again. That's right, so um, out of shot, Alex had got ahead of the number 99 car, the end race entry, four fourth places, you say. But Alacosta says, no, you don't, Alex, and uh, whips the place back again at Rima's corner. But Capadia still with the end race machine, this red, black, and white car with end race. Oh, and the dorsal's fin and it's spun oh. at turn four, almost right in the face there of Alex Capadia, who had to have. Uh, such quick reactions to suddenly oh. and the car's going to get embedded in the gravel now as well unfortunately because Elan Costa needed to at least apply a little bit of the throttle too much though unfortunately and this might go totally the wrong way for Jean Glorio I don't think it'll require a full safety car but we might go full course yellow because of that stranded N-Race Ligier right in the gravel let's have another look Graham what happened here then well very strange use that sweet he just, just lost it didn't he? he just lost it all by himself sweeping left hander and I think a little bit of oversteer there, and around it went. Just shows, doesn't it, from Alex Capadia's position, you don't need to be making an overtake, you just need to be on the back, back bumper and pressurising the N-Race car. Seven, six, and it will five, be a full course four, yellow. Here's the countdown three, from Eduardo. Two, one, full course yellow. We are under full course yellow. 
and what do you do if you're side by side at that point? Try and work out amongst you who was ahead at any one time but I suppose they're all racing drivers they're all going to think they were ahead when the yellow flag came out the four course yellow uh, yeah some, some a little later on the trigger finger than others uh, there mentioning no names well, this is interesting yeah the slowest drag race here between the 55 and the 23 now where did they come through it was the other way round so Sean Lim believes at the end of that lap he should have been ahead number 99 meanwhile they'll be cursing his luck there you know, Alec Capardia, nowhere near that. That was just... He just nope. lost it. Run out of grip. Well, I think he was slightly offline. If you looked at Capardia's car behind, it was closer to the apex, and we all know that uh, off the apex, away from the racing line, that's where the balls of rubber that work their way off the Michelin tyres end up. That's what we call marbles. And when you are going over effectively small stones of rubber, then there's no grip there at all. And I think the rear end just caught the, the marbles. It pitched very quickly into a spin, and Capardia did so, so well to avoid it. Well, 15 minutes in, it's the Norma leading the race, the number three decal engineering car, ahead of Tony Wells in the number 79 Nielsen racing car. First the Ligiers, then it's the SPV Ligier followed by Alex Capardia starting 18th as we were saying and now up to fourth position and the 12, 65 and 98 Ligiers and 53 Ligiers before we get into this compelling GT3 battle and Wamwili Busnelli fending off the pro driver there they are Tom Onslow Cole with Flick Haig in the Optima Motorsport car started second on this GT3 grid just behind that is the order down to 11th in this 21-car grid. And only the 99 at the moment not running, and that's because it's sitting in the gravel trap. Yeah, so a real shame for the N-Race crew. A reminder of what happened at the start of the race, and you're right, that is the 33 car trying to slot up the inside. Everyone doing so, so well to avoid, and Alex Capardi needing to go very, very wide on the exit of Turn 1. There's normally an exception as far as track limits are concerned, for the first run through turn one because it is such a pinch point and you've got cars attacking turn one from three and four abreast so often to avoid contact uh, there's very little option but to go out wide and that's the reason why there is so much runoff out there it's quite high grip painted in the colours of the Austrian flag and there are well one race leader one class leader and there is the other the gold and dark blue looks black but if you get up close to the Lambo you'll see it's a uh, much deeper royal blue Navy blue on track the EB Motors Lamborghini Huracan. In 30 seconds, track is going back to green. So a, a relatively short, full course yellow to get the number 99 car recovered. Great work for the marshals there. Yes. Very soon, going to hear another countdown. From Eduardo Freitas. And 15 seconds, he tells them. Now, has Alain Costa's car been put, put back on the track? I would assume not, because it's now been given outside assistance. We will wait and see on that. Now, Tom Onslow Cole, very, very alert to the restart, and he has jumped right ahead of Emanuele Busnelli. That was under green flags, no question about it. That's why all the drivers individually get a countdown in their earpieces, and the number five Ram Racing Mercedes takes the GT3 lead. Busnelli has slotted into, or managed to fend off, Flick Haig, so he then uh, goes into second position, Flick Haig in third position, but there's very nearly a chance for, for Flick to jump ahead of the number 46 Lamborghini Huracan. 
99 car meanwhile has got back to pit lane will be uh, will be allowed to continue this race has taken new tires and so relative rockery across the pit lane here now his catch and pass task becomes gap the lamborghini give ramon voss an opportunity to defend a lead well, Busnelli is not going to allow uh, Thomas Lecole a lead easily here. The two cars, Mercedes versus Lamborghini, more or less nose to tail as they head through Vorst Alpine. That's the left and right chicane. And then over the rise into Rint Corner. Careful to take, well, a bit of curb on the entry there. On the exit, you need to be neat and tidy because several cars have been done for track limits there as they have on the exit of turn nine itself but new GT3 leader for the first time across the line so confirming the Tomos Local Ram Racing Mercedes in ninth place overall and the GT3 leader but meantime there's been a big mix up as well in the overall order number one a the number three car has got a 12 second lead from a new second place car because Alex Capardia from fourth at that restart managed to get the number 14 RLRM Sport car up into second position overall from 18th at the start of this race. But he's 12.7 seconds back from the Norma. So it's Glorio, Capadia, Tony Wells, and then Maratiotto now in fourth position. So that was, uh, well, by the sound of things, a spectacular restart in both classes. We saw the GT3 uh, battle resolved at that point at least with... Well, no doubt to, in my mind whatsoever. It was a clean restart from Tomon's local. Yep. We were here in the countdown, and it went to green, and away he went. The only thing he can't do is build much of a gap on Emmanuel Busnelli. Now, bear in mind, Busnelli is a bronze-graded driver, but to have a gold ahead of him in the form of Tomon's local, uh, increased in the grading for this season, moved from silver to gold. And if Busnelli can stick with Tomon's local, he might learn a thing or two about this Red Bull ring track. And remember, at the end of the stint, Pusnelli's handing over to Fabio Babini, another gold driver and massively experienced in Lamborghini Huracans. Big spin at turn eight. That's the 98 and the four? No. It might have been the four. That's, that's, the, that's, the that's the YMR car. The 53, then, of uh, Nathan Biel. And that was Eric de Donker, wasn't it, in the 90? Eight car. It is indeed. We'd also seen the fastest lap of the race this time go to the second place car uh, of Alex Capardia. He's got that 12.7 second lead down to 11 seconds now. He's going quicker again with clear air in front of him again. So Alex Capardia pushing on. Tom Onslow Cole, meanwhile, is speeding up as well, but uh, he's taking the Lamborghini with him. This is an exceptional run from Busnelli, the non professional driver, let's remember keeping the AMG very much in his sights. And by the way, the YMR car, the M Racing YMR car, rejoined right ahead of the Motorsport 98. They're both still on the track, just heading into turn five now. And they are the next cars, potentially, that these GT3 machines will find, but they're going just about quick enough to keep their heads above water and away from this frenetic GT battle. So Tom Onslow Cole, Emanuele Busnelli and Flick Haig hanging onto their coattails in the still early stages of this race. We've just had uh, over 20 minutes of it and there are warning flags now. Oh, going the way that's, of Alex Capardia. That's for that side-to-side -side contact with the uh, 65 car into Turn 3 when he was battling away with the car ahead and simply had not noticed, I don't think, the Graf Racing car had just overtaken, had stuck with him and got alongside, looking for the wide line around turn three. 
So for me, correct call from race control. Yep. Uh, Alex was looking at one position, he'd forgotten about the other for that moment. Tom Alonso Cole is beginning to gap that Lamborghini all of a sudden. Only but because Busnelli made a mistake on the exit of turn nine, went way, way out wide, and as you say, the gap's now increased from first to second, but this might be Flick Haig's opportunity, because Busnelli probably closest than he's, than he's been for the whole of the race. And Flick Haig may be able to shape that into an overtaking opportunity in the next couple of laps. It's another fastest lap of the race last time around from Alex Capaldia. 10.8 seconds is the gap. So he's taken a couple of seconds out of that lead since we went back to green. With the whatever happened uh, going back to green, the Norma profited to the tune of something like six seconds. He's grabbed two of those back, but then there's another six after that. Sean Lynn also trying to find uh, some positions he was a little while ago right with his teammate Jim Maguire who is down in uh, 18th position but Sean Lynn's got back up to 13th spot now and I make it 10th in class behind these three GTs effectively as we work our way towards the end of the first half an hour to our race remember for the third event of the year for the Michelin Le Mans Cup live from the Red Bull ring here in Austria. It's Tom Oslo Cole leading for Ram Racing in GT, so let's hear from his teammate, Raymond Voss, who's now with Charlie George in the pit lane. Yeah, I'm down here with Ramon. You guys have gone for an interesting strategy, and so far it seems to be paying off. Yes, yeah, so far it's so good. Um, we decided to put Tom in the car to start after me doing the qualification, and uh, we started from third position. Yeah, let's see if this works. So far, so good. It's quite exciting. Now, of course, that means you'll be out with some of the pro drivers later. Are you looking forward to that? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Can't wait. Good luck. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Raymond Voss, a real star in the Imola 12 hours towards the end of June. And that's run across two days, four hours on the Friday and eight hours on the Saturday. And a terrific defensive drive that meant that he was able to hang on in the end for a third place finish in the overall standings GT3 being the top class in that race it's not in this but nevertheless it could be a class podium that these guys could be on for but Tom Oslo Cole wants a bit more clear air if possible back to Emanuele Busnelli in the EB Motos uh, Lambo so the gap just, uh, just to kind of clarify that obviously we've got Tom Oslo Cole leading the class ninth overall but uh, the podium positions at the moment and of the ninth, tenth, eleventh place cars and they are something like, what, uh, 25 seconds ahead of the fourth-place car at the moment in the hands of Lee Mole. He's managed to pull away a little from the Ferrari of Christoph Ulrich. So all sorts of action underway on track, as well as, by the look of things, in race control with a further investigation, this time for possible overtakes under the full-course yellow from both the 23 Golf United car and the number nine, By the way, the 99 cars made its way back to the pits, and has it actually rejoined? It's rejoined. It's a lap okay. down, but it's rejoined. So Two it laps down, in fact. A minute and 40 seconds it spent in the pits, but at least the 99 car, the end race machine, that spun at the gravel at turn four is back into the race. This is the dice for fourth and fifth, with the 65 car, which is the Graf machine in the traditional French tricolour colours, hounding Marcello Maratiotto for SVC Sport Management and just across the brow there is the pole position car having slipped to sixth place now driven by Alvaro Fontes I think that must have had some kind of incident on the restock because it's dropped right back yep meantime 
as these two battle away for the opportunity to be the next most likely, if only the, the current provisional podium sitter stumble. By the front of the race, another quick lap from Capadia brings the gap under 10 seconds now. He's got at least half an hour still to the wheel of this car. This could get close towards the end of this stint. It could be very interesting indeed. With Ross Warburton still to come. It's very much a training ground for some of these bronze drivers. And Ross had his got to go at the European Le Mans series last year. He felt he was going to be more comfortable in the professional hands of uh, Alex Capardi, who is his driver, coach and co-driver here. Mm. Having a crack at this before looking again in the future at the LMS and it's an ex exactly it's that kind of effort we look at the weather radar now then looking for uh, Zeltweg or Knittelfeld on that map to try and work out how far away the weather is this track technically in Spielberg but Knittelfeld uh, a very nearby village as is of course the old venue for the Formula 1 Grand Prix uh, at Zeltweg at the bottom of the valley at the airport round the airport here comes the 95 then of Christoph Ulrich to try and pick off Lee Moll in the braking area into it. turn 2 at Remus Lee Moll can't turn in although a bit of the outside inside trick maybe what's the acceleration like from that 6.2 litre Mercedes engine nothing like the uh, the aged now 4.5 litre normally aspirated in the middle of the Ferrari and the Ferrari able to pull away out of Remus and down towards Rauch corner and I think Lee Moll's going to lose another position here has he seen the P3 car I hope so lock-up required for the driver of the number nine Duquesne engineering machine that's Joel Janko the American and Janko very nearly into the side of Lee Moll there as they turn right at Rauch corner disaster averted though and further pressure for the SVC sport management car because uh, Adrian Schiller driving for Graf still right on the boot lid of the fourth place car the progress in second place, it's uh, now 8.5 seconds, Alex Capardi, another fastest lap of the race for the number 14 car, 128.284, but does get a warning for track limits, so race control are keeping an eye on Alex Capardi's progress, this is the weather radar as well, there's Salzburg, that is not, it's, it's, there's Klagenfurt in the middle of the picture. Okay, so that's if anything. There you go, we're looking at the clouds that uh, live, that they're looking at virtually, if you like. Could this be a real turn in this race? We did say, didn't we? It might turn, didn't we? Yeah, it was going to. Yeah, and the, I mean, the problem is, if it does rain, I don't think it's going to be a light shower either because of yeah. the stormy atmosphere that we've had all week. There is a chance that it's, the heavens are going to absolutely open here and we'll be left with standing water and the possibility maybe of a safety car as well because of the wet weather, but it remains very, very warm at the moment. The weather hasn't yet broken and we'll carry on racing until it does, but it will remain a bit of a question mark. Slow car, that's the Duquesne machine, isn't it? The I number nine was. of Joel Janko. Has he flat-spotted a tyre maybe with that big lock-up into Rauch corner to avoid Lee Moll not so long ago? It's a good call, Johnny. 22 is the car of Jim Maguire. He shares with Matt Bell. So that car has gained a spot as a result of the slowing Duquesne engineering car then. That gives him 12th in class and 17th overall. And back with the race leader for, Duque for DKR Engineering, I should say, Jean Glorio. He's with Jim McGuire, I think that was ahead of him. So he's in the process of getting on terms to lap the 17th place car. 
We're going to catch up in a moment with the teammate of Alvaro Fontes. Did a splendid job in qualifying earlier on this morning. And sharing with him is the Brit Andrew Cummings in the number 44 car with Charlie now. Yeah, I'm down here with Andrew. Andrew, Alvaro had a great qualifying. He seems to be slipping back slightly since the restart. Is there any problem? No, I don't think there's any problems. Um, there's a couple of quicker drivers out there initially. Um, I think it'll shake up a bit in the pit stops. Um, but, yeah, I think he's, he's going well with the car. There's no problems to be reported. So. Now, obviously, the car has definitely got the pace. So are you looking forward to getting out there and having your turn? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely looking forward to it. Thank you. Good luck. Andrew Cummings sharing, as I say, with uh, Fontes. Meanwhile, the battling continues for fourth place. Well, that uh, was uh, after you, Claude, and I know after you, Cedric, uh, between the set 12 and the 65, Maratiotto losing the place briefly to Chile, but then uh, the Grafman running wide and the over and under played to perfection, 12 car retaking the position. And on we go again. Yeah, well, I think we've reached a point where the draft car is slightly quicker at certain points of the circuit, including this run from turn two down to turn three. Well, it only becomes downhill at the very last possible moment. Oh, and uh, trying to then uh, unleash the power from the loud pedal was the 65 car, but had to immediately check up, did Adrian Schiller. And that means the opportunity's gone, at least briefly, down into turn four. It's the SVC car, for whatever reason, struggle for traction and grip out of turn three at Rauch. So Marcello Mariotto stays in fourth position. They're losing touch with Tony Wells in third. And with Alex Capadia, who continues to whittle away that lead. It's down to nine and a half seconds now. Uh, although he's lapping really at a similar place to, pace to uh, Jean Glorio. Traffic might have its say though, because Glorio, as you've mentioned, Graham, is now starting to catch some of the back markers. Yeah, absolutely right. And traffic is, I'm sure, going to come into this. Flick Hague, meanwhile, has got a train of LMP3 cars behind now. She's dropped back a little from the Lamborghini, which has dropped back a little from someone's local. This is the 33, 23 and 55 battling away. This is uh, Ibran, Sean Lynn, Zdanovic and a spin for the 12 car. From fourth place, so that will make the change then for fourth position with the graph car. Now, where's the graph car going? Way up, well up the road, I think. Oh, is it involved? Mm. Let's have a look here. There goes the graph car up the inside. Yes, it does. And he's, he's gone, gone straight, straight on. on. I wonder whether that had happened somehow. And there was then a spin for the 12, which Ooh. nearly cleaned out the number eight Lamborghini Huracan. And I noticed that the orange Lamborghini and the 44 car were absolutely nose to tail on the run up the hill. They nearly oh, they they did, did make contact, they in did fact. Touch. Blimey. So all sorts happening there. And thankfully, contact avoided with the spinning 12 that nearly took out the eight car that's driven by Cedric Mezar. But then Mezar to the side of Alvaro Fontes. Good job we didn't weren't chanting to Andrew Cummings when that happened. But the 44 car, all of a sudden, is back to fourth place. It is. And that's Joel Janko, who doesn't seem a very happy man at all. The Nishé number nine onto pit lane. I don't think it's going to rejoin the race. Now, rain is on the way, but my weather app would say that it's not going to get to us by six o'clock. Seven may be some isolated thunderstorms, but the suggestion is that the weather, although it is in our direction, isn't going to quite well, reach us yeah, by the end of the race. So if you interview various people up and down the pit lane, there'll be many, many different opinions about that. So we'll wait and see. Indeed. Flick Hay, by the way, has given best to those trailing... Um, LMP3 cars dropped back behind Ibrahim and Sean Lynn 
I think they're good on position for Zdanovic as well, as well, as well rather. Good time there from Adrian Schiller in the 65 car. That's now a recovery drive for the Graf car, having uh, totally outbraked himself into the first corner. Tom Onslow Cole, a little bit on his own now, leading the GT3 part of the race, ninth position overall, and now that he is on his own, not having to keep an eye on the rearview mirrors because of Busnelli, he's just done the car's best lap of the race, his best lap of the race indeed, a 130.7. And that's five and a half seconds now up the road from the Lamborghini. Gloria, meanwhile, has just cleared the number 95 Ferrari, so he's passed everybody up to 14th. 14th place is his next target. That might well be Flick Haig now. We'll keep it on. That's currently shown on timing and scoring as being positioned ahead of the Ligier 55. So it's not that far. This is the new battle for fourth position. Fontes and Chilia. Yeah. And of course, uh, the Graf car is kind of in exactly the same position. Fifth place, trying to get fourth. It's just that it's a totally different car. One from the, up the inside again. Hopefully, Chile will get it stopped this time, which he does indeed. So the 65 car turns right at the right moment at turn one. And now. Uh, Alvaro Fontes trying to stick with Schiller for as long as possible, using the draft up the hill. Can the 44 repay the favour at the top of the hill? Not going to be quite close enough. And in the background, looming larger and larger, Nathan Biel, another Frenchman, in the M Racing YMR Ligier. That's the sky blue coloured car from uh, Ivan Muller Racing. But he's just got a black and white flag, as is Eric Dodonka for that contact at turn nine. We saw spin both cars out, drop them back down the order. But this could be a good little battle, I think. The uh, 65 and the 44, the 65 seems just at the pace at the moment. What's going on at the front of the race ahead of them, though? And it's Capardia, 7.3 seconds down, and is catching the leader. Meanwhile, the Motorsport 98 car still in eighth position with Eric Dodonka at the wheel, able to lap just quick enough to stay ahead of Tom Onslow Cole and Emanuele Busnelli. Behind those two GT3 leaders, Flick Haig's lost a little bit of ground now, has between her and the second-place GT3 car two P3s, one of Sean Lynn and one is Javier Ibram. Meanwhile, it's side-by-side side with the 98 car, uh, 99 car rather, that's the recovering end yeah. race, isn't it? So a lap down, picking off the 33... 33 has got Sean Lynn just behind. That is the battle for 11th position overall. 9th position in class. And a much tidier line that time through turn got him. four. Got him. There's a, there's a bit of a flutter through the turn from the number 33 car. Sean Lynn saw the gap ahead and didn't need a second invitation. Mm. Yep, so the uh, predominantly white cars then exchanging positions. And Sean Lynn up another spot then. 23 past 33. More good sector times coming in from Tom Onslow Cole and Natan Biel now in the 53 car. He's got a, a bit of a character chase there in the form of Alvaro Fontes. So upping the wick and the 128.7 is the best lap so far from Biel at the wheel of car 53. From Nielsen Racing, the man known as Sven, looking at the times coming through on the smartphone. The, car, the first car to complete 24 laps, Jean Glorio, as it's been from the start of the race. Jean Glorio getting quickly the lead and now extending this gap to 7.6 seconds. So it is starting to come down now. Alex Capardi has gained a couple of seconds over the last five minutes. 
and Kapadia obviously running a little short now of his stint time we have got another 22 minutes to go within this hour and Alex can stay at the wheel for well each driver has to do a minimum of 55 minutes each so those guys at RLR have to get their co-driver in with 55 minutes left in the race and that's MBL making progress uh, up towards the rear end of the number 44 the SPV car of Alvaro Fontes this is the battle for fifth position now. So a bit of a, a topsy-turvy first 40 minutes for the pole-setting car. It's led. It's tumbled down. It's come back. It's tumbling down a little further now. But uh, still a good position here for SPV Racing. I'm be still pleased with that. Tumbles low coal, by the way. Nine seconds to good now over the Lamborghini. Is that pressure beginning to tell? Meanwhile, the nine car, I think we reported on that, uh, stopping a little while ago and hasn't re-emerged yet. We had another pit stopper out of sequence because of the spin into the gravel for Alain Costa. And the 99 car is still running, as we've talked about. Now, this is Natan Biel, is it not? In the 53 car, yes. Having caught Alvaro Fontes, silver-graded driver Natan Biel. So they started with their slightly quicker driver to be handed over to Laurent Milara later on in the race. But 53 needing to make strides up against a number of other bronze drivers, of which Alvaro Fontes is one. So Natan Biel... Is he going to make quick work of this? No, because there was some defensive driving there from Alvaro Fontes into Turn 1. Feeling the heat then from the M Racing YMR car. A livery you will recognise from the European Le Mans series. The 18 car looks very much like this. The 19 car looks very different in its bare carbon in ELMS. But good to have another YMR car as part of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. And Natan Biel, slightly better exit speed the legality panel on the rear right of that 44 car is, is uh, a little askew maybe uh, bearing signs of some damage on the 44 car that was the car that sides right the 8 wasn't it the 8 Lamborghini so that's probably been caused in that incident an hour and 20 to go and Biel gets close but not close enough to make the move into turn 3 we've been seeing these battles from the off 2, 3 and 4 cars involved in both classes this is the battle for fifth. Alvaro Fontes fending off, fending off, fending off. Heading for the midway point of this race. With the pit window. What is that now, Johnny? 14 minutes away? Yeah, it'll... Uh, oh, way wide from the, the, uh, from the Biel. car. Yeah, Natabiel in the 53 car. And a new fastest lap of the race comes from Alex Capadia in second position. And he is on fire here because he's just gone even quicker through sector one as well. 7.3 seconds is the gap. So he, well, brought it down. What is the time? It's in purple and a little way away from me. 128.153 from Alex. That's uh, eight-tenths of a second gain on a single lap. It is. It is. It's been a little bit up and down, but I suspect that's because they're now in traffic. And as are these cars going to be very soon. That's the the Lee Mole car ahead. This is Alex Capadia. Yeah. His job is very simple. Make up as much time as you possibly can if you can catch the Norma more to the good. But yes, to answer your question, the pit lane window effectively opening at five minutes to the hour. 
wherever you are in the world as the Busnelli Lamborghini went very very wide saw Matt Griffin do that in the ELMS qualifying session earlier on today in the 55 Ferrari did incredibly well did Busnelli to hang on to that and not loot the Lamborghini so that car stays in second position but of course it's opened the gap further now to Tom Onslow Cole who leads it trouble meanwhile for the number 23 car 10th overall 9th in class Sean Lynn is going to get a drive through penalty for an overtake under the full course yellow so too by the way is the number 9 car the Decane Engineering car but that car is in pit lane and does not look like rejoining this race so the overtake, the overtake rather under full course yellow and the gap for the lead with traffic is coming down and coming down very quickly indeed. It's now five and a half seconds. Just seen Jean Glorio clear flick Haig. So he's now passed everybody up to 14th. But with that traffic, Alex Capadia has taken the opportunity to close in. Meanwhile, Maratiotti in the number 12 car running seventh has been reported to the stewards for constant abuse of track limits. That may be a first penalty coming there. Yeah, just a word on the uh, the Sean Lynn incident. The full course yellow regulations stipulate you can't be overlapping another car, so you might not even overtake it, as in go fully past it, but you can't be side by side with anybody. The point of, point of a full course yellow is to generate a safe environment for the marshals to step down from their posts and go and help out a car in the gravel or having been, you know had a moment and end up off the track. So if you've got cars coming around too abreast, that is a, still a dangerous situation, regardless of them being speed limited. And the thing is, you don't really gain a great deal. If you just tuck in behind another car, you're still going to be right with it come the restart. Glorio clears the gantry halfway down the start-finish straight as Capadia comes onto the start-finish straight. He's looking for a way by Flick Haig quickly. They come through turn one. Flick Haig actually just flicks it slightly wide, goes to the outside, allows Alex Capadia the room. Through he goes. And for the first time in this race, that, by the way, was the fastest lap of the race and the first lap under 128. And for the first time in this race over the last couple of laps, the gap now under the point it was when we went to full course yellow. 5.1 seconds now, and one car between the two. Tremendous stuff in the opening 45 minutes of this race then as uh, Jean Glorio continues to gain time, which could prove pivotal later on in the race. Alex Capardia giving it his all. We don't expect that 14 car to be as quick in the second stint, but remember that the 79 car, which is running third and a tremendous third with Tony Wells at the wheel, will be taken over by Colin Noble in the second stint and Colin is very fast, so that's possibly the strongest contender for taking victory if it's not to be the three. Another great time from Alex Capadia. He's now somewhere in the third sector and about to come round. 4.2 seconds now is the gap and about to put 29 laps in the book, so he's even quicker. Took a second yes. out of the leading car in a single sector there. So now beginning to get that hammer down. The talk is ticking away with his time at the wheel. It's 3.8 seconds now. So that's, what is that? That is a further 1.2 seconds this time around. Uh, Sean Lynn takes his drive through. Takes the pain. Will rejoin... He was ninth, wasn't he, when he came in? He leaves the pit lane, and I think he's going to slot in somewhere around 13th or 14th in the order as the YMR car again looks at the back end of the 44. Is there going to be room here? 
Natabiel up the inside then of Fontes is, is he going to run out wide though yeah. on the exit of turn one he doesn't get the ideal pace and the two cars are going to be side by side up the hill here Biel's not really giving him much racing room but just enough wide to get the 44 Ligier up alongside of course the next corner is a right hander so Alvaro Fontes will take the place back again surely yes he does excellent stuff from Fontes there wasn't bossed out of that in any way whatsoever I'm sure if they're watching that down in the pits they'll be cheering that one on but this is a great battle between these two cars and you could argue that Fontes punching a little above his weight here up against a silver driver he's the bronze in the yellow car the silver is Natan Biel Spaniard against Frenchman and Andrew Cummings to come in the 44 Laurent Milara will be the new driver in the 53 once we reach the pit lane window effectively that opens at 55 minutes into the race and closes at 65 minutes but before that we're going to see somebody else down pit lane because after that black and white flag there's been a further infringement of track limits for the number 2 uh, the 12 car 7th position from Maratiotto and he has got a stop and go penalty for constant abuse of track limits you're seeing that on the screens now so the number 12 car will be down pit lane OK, so that's another one that will have to take the 21-second journey from pit-in to pit-out. Remember, it doesn't cost you all of that time because you are still moving. It's just that you're moving at 60 kilometres per hour as opposed to flat chat, which is significantly faster down the main straight here at Red Bull Ring. Sean Lim, by the way, did re-emerge in 14th position. The stop-go is being taken immediately by the 12. and then come out and see where you can recover the race to obviously the 23 has dropped a long way down the order now as a result of its drive through Sean Lynn in 14th position and here comes uh, the Maratiotto car Marcello taking his drive through now then Marco Cencetti is second meeting of the year it wasn't at Monza for his home race but did do both races at Le Mans and Cencetti set to take over the 12 car So now dealing with uh, traffic, the number 65 car would love to be up the road and challenging Tony Wells, who's 11 seconds to the good from this little battle. But before he can do that, he's got a gaggle of cars ahead of him, including the 95 Ferrari. Jim McGuire's 23 car. What's happening ahead in the lead battle? It's, well... I think a little bit of traffic involved here. It went down to 2.6 seconds, back up to 3.4 now for the lead battle. A little way ahead of these guys on track. Here comes the 65 car, clears Jim Maguire's 23. 44 and 53 are going to have to deal with this next. Mm. So this is the Graf car that currently sits in fourth position. Fifth place for the SPV car, the yellow machine. Then the blue and white of Natan Biel from M Racing. That car is sixth and they're trying to lap number 95, which is fourth place in GT3 and 15th position on the road. Cedric Mezard makes that nice and easy for them. He is fourth in GT3, as you say. And somewhere ahead now, 14 seconds ahead now of Limol. Fontes gets by the 23. Being followed through by the YMR car. Ooh. Gets a bit tight there. I did wonder whether that uh, the, the two had seen each other. And the 22 car, thankfully, at the last moment, saw that Natan Biel had the inside line, had the racing line. 
in the 22 car. Nice bit of avoiding driving there from Jim Maguire. He'll hand that car over to Matt Bell come the pit stops, which are now just five minutes away potentially, although the teams that have started with their quicker drivers, they'll push it to the very last moment in the pit window. So 53, Natal Biel coming down the hill. Should get a great run this time on Alvaro Fontes. Much better run through that hard compression corner. And the gap is definitely coming down between 44 and 53. Meanwhile, coming through the right-hander at Rauch corner is the class leader in GT3, the Ram Racing Mercedes AMG, driven by Tom Onslow Cole. Expecting him to go another, well, at least 10 minutes before Raymond Voss takes over. The man from the Netherlands, big grin on his face when we spoke to him a little earlier on the race, Charlie George catching up with him as rejoining from a recent pit stop I'm is... I'm not sure that's a pit stop, I think that was a spin, spin. turn one from uh, Jim Maguire. OK, so the 22 car then with an incident as Natan Biel did get a great run on the 44, Biel got through, did they both manage to squirrel their way out of turn one? Yes, but in the background... Swap, swapping ends was Jim Maguire did he catch the sausage curb no he was already losing it and then the sausage curb kind of helped him round right in front of Christoph Ulrich in the 95 car but Ulrich did a good bit of avoiding driving there as well to retain fourth place in GT3 drivers getting ready now for those pit stops so this another flashpoint in the race another message from race control about car 53 needing to respect the track limits at turn 9 so a black and white warning flag just a yellow flag at this uh, yellow card we might call it at this stage for Natan Biel but if it gets any more serious it might result in time penalties but another warning for the number 12 of Maratiotti who's already had a stop and hold oh dear ok well, it really does get severe after that and it's been reported to the stewards ok so car 12 as you say, it has already served, yes, it was more than a drive-through, wasn't it? Because the car was held for 10 seconds-ish for Marcello Maratiotto. Yep. So it takes about 20, 21 seconds to go through the pit lane from start to finish at 60 kilometres per hour. Tony Wells there with an absolute best through sector one. Better than Alex Capardia, and he's the bronze driver, is Tony? Absolutely. Alex Capardia slightly struggling for ultimate pace at the moment. We've not seen that battle together. Look at the SPV pits trolley. Jean Glorio bringing this one closer and closer. There you go, there's the two leaders. Uh, Glorio coming through turn 10 as Alex Capardia makes his way through turn 9. And they finish their lap 34. And the gap is 4.1 seconds. So at the moment, Mario doing a good job of fending off the pro driver. Worth making the point that Tony Wells will need lots more absolute best sectors to reel in Alex Capardia. Certainly anywhere close to being to happening before the pit stops. However... Took a couple of tenths out of him that time, though. Yeah. However, of course, Colin Noble due in that 79 Nielsen Racing Ligier. Ross Warburton due in the 14 car. So we'll have a Noble chasing down Ross Warburton and trying to close that gap, which currently stands at 17 seconds. The leader held up a little there by Backmarker. I think that's the 99 car, isn't it? Recovering 99 car. Yeah, from N Race. It's a one-minute stop-and-go penalty for car number 12 after that's a repeated track uh, limits. Yeah, and any chance of a good result steadily slipping through their fingers. Remember that that car, the number 12, started in a decent spot, eighth place for SVC Sport Management when it was qualified by Maratiotto today. 
and Marco Cencetti to take over at the pit stop thought the leader had been uh, caught up a little in turn three by the number 99 car it lost a full second in the second sector gap has come down to 3.4 seconds Natan Biel still cannot shake Alvaro Fontes he's now made the move stick finally there's confirmation of this one minute stop and go penalty then for the number 12 car from SVC don't get that mixed up with the SPV car there's lots of three letter abbreviations in this championship and SPV is the yellow car there that pursues Natan Biel as they work their way out of Vorst Alpine corner over the rise and then into turn eight at Rint. An hour and five and 35 seconds to go. So in a little over half a minute, the pit lane will be open for a legitimate pit stop. We've seen plenty of pit lane callers already. In fact, there's a car waiting there now. That will be Marcello Maratiotto serving the one-minute stop and hold, uh, stop and go penalty. That is going to drop way out of contention. That effectively is a lap with a minute plus the time in pit lane. Mm. Yeah, good point. So good lap times coming in as the cars get a little lighter on fuel. Danovic in the number 55 car up into 10th position. Wangi in the number 4 car in 14th, both putting in fastest laps of their race so far. As we're under 65 minutes now. Manatiotto back on the move. We're not going to see the Duquesne engineering car again. So we're down to 20 runners, but Manatiotto now rejoins. Might actually only do a lap, then straight back in again. Probably by far had enough of this race already. The 44 car run a little bit wide there on the exit of Rauch Corner. Kicking up the dust was Alvaro Fontes. Remember, Andrew Cummings will be prepping himself to take over at SPV very, very shortly. Well, I'm, I'm going to vote for the number 44 car and... Alvaro Fontes has been the most entertaining driver of the first half of this race. Yes. And in comes, first pick caller looks to be the second position car in GT3, Emanuele Busnelli. He pits, dropping back somewhat in the latter part of the stint. And it will be the changeover. Fabio Babini, so now the fun really will start because Fabio is going to be strapped into a car he knows very, very well, the GT3 specification of Lamborghini Huracan. It's a shame we can't see Babini up against Tom Onslow Cole. We might be able to see that for a little bit of the race, but they'll be far away from each other now because one will have stopped, one won't have done, and Tom Onslow Cole we're expecting in at some point over the next eight and a half minutes. Meanwhile, Flick Haig right behind the Graf car into Remus Corner. The Graf car is number 65, being driven by Adrian Schiller. The Mole into pit lane. This will be Phil Keane aboard the number seven car in moments. No doubt Flick Haig will be in very soon indeed to pass the car over, the optimum uh, Audi over to Joe Osborne. Although I think Optimum tend to cut the cake tend pretty much 50-50, they, do, they, they tend to give Flick a lot of uh, time in that car, which is great to see. Yep. And they, they almost won the race at Monza a couple of months ago. Had a dreadful Le Mans with their two 55-minute races not going the way they would have wished, but in a good position at the moment and a rapid Joe Osborne to take his turn very shortly. Phil Keane then is now being strapped into the number seven Mercedes AMG and down at the eight crew, SVC Sport Management. Remember, SVC running a couple of cars here and the Lamborghini Huracan making its stop. So Cedric Mezar to get out and Stevie S to clamber on board. So the second phase begins 
for the Mercedes, number seven car. Very, very busy now in the pit lane with Adrian Schiller in, Alvaro Fontes in in the 44 car. That's the car trundling its way now down pit lane. Also making a stop, uh, Javier Ibram in the 33, Claudio Zdanovic. Sean Lynn is in again for his second pit lane call, but this is the proper stop for the 23 United Autosports car. And Flick Hager, as we've mentioned, to hand over now to Joe Osborne. The two class leaders together, and that is the that's uh, Jean Glorio going by Thomas Locol. So he's passed everybody up to eighth position now. Uh, Alex Capadia, meanwhile, is within three seconds of this, with just the Mercedes between the two. Onslow Cole stays out and I think will stretch the envelope as much as he possibly can. In though comes Capadia from second position. And a great drive from Alex. Mm. Yes, tremendous effort. And remember, he's doing the European Le Mans Series race as well. Greedy, I call it. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree. For the uh, Darwin-based crew in Lancashire, RLR. And to hand over then to Ross Warburton. Obviously, part of Alex Capardia's job description is to be a driver mentor and coach for Ross as well. And as Graham's mentioned, Ross uh, was part of the ELMS for some of the rounds last year, but they've decided to take this step uh, sideways uh, as far as the championships are concerned into the Michelin Le Mans Cup, just so that Ross can learn the LMP3 a little better. There is Ross standing to driver's right of the car, and the crew's able to clear the windscreen whilst the fuel is going in, maybe recover a little bit of debris from the uh, dive planes, front, front left, front right, but what you can't do is change the driver or change the wheels whilst the fuel is going in. So, from back in the UK, a team from Lancashire, a bloke called Warburton, is it anything to do with the bread people? Yes, it is. He is indeed part of the Warburton's bread family and still very much part of the company. Senior executive with uh, that bakery a very keen race enthusiast as well through comes Jean Gloria though he will put a lap for the moment at least on the RLR car and that means that Thomas Locals now up to third place I reckon I in the overall standings because he has two pit stopping cars ahead of him indeed being shown as fifth on the timing screen that's a lap down that's why it's a lap down beg your pardon yeah so Nico Bielo does go through to second but owes a pit stop Ross Warburton about to be released just counting down we need to keep an eye on these pit stop times by the way number two minutes is the bogey time looking to see where Tom Onslow Cole is around the now circuit third. Now he third. is now third yes because he's gained those laps back again and driving car number five yeah, just going across the top section now between turns two and three and still happy to stay out Nico Biel does come in from second position now though so we've got very few cars owing as a pit stop John Glorio carries on in the lead of the race Tom Onzo Cole still carries on and we have to go all the way down to the top ten before we find anybody else that's uh, still continuing on this run identification on the Lamborghini still showing Bisnelli at the wheel, we know that's won't be the case shouldn't be the case anyway despite, yeah, it's had a one it's had a one stop two minutes and five seconds, which is fine and should therefore have Fabio Babini at the wheel we did see the new driver get in as well so I think that's actually a glitch with the driver ID dial which needs to be clicked into position I hope they're not penalised for that Florio does pit now from the lead. And Tomas Locole may well stay out. 
Let's have a look. Yes, he has, because he's just heading into turn one now. So Tom Onslow Cole leads the race. Uh, no, he needs to complete this lap. He needs to go do one more lap. Okay. But will lead the race if he doesn't pit. Yes. And I think he can still do that. Okay. Let's uh, find out what the order is at this section, this split. It's up to second place. Jean Glorio, though, as you say, had put a lap on him when we saw that happen down into Rint Corner. So, yes, car five, a GT3 car. But nevertheless, it's now running second in the overall standings because it hasn't pitted yet. And bear in mind that car has to break the beam at the start of the pit lane before 65 minutes have elapsed. He can't afford to go around again, I would suggest, just in case there's something like as errant as a full course yellow. Just need to leave a little bit of uh, time in reserve, and Raymond Voss will certainly be suited and booted. Meanwhile, the pit stop for DKR Engineering, the Luxembourg crew, Seems to be going pretty well, with Jean Glorio a fabulous drive from the Belgian, as we've come to expect, and Alex Torrell to take that car over. So if you think the Morgan, uh, the Normal, I should say, has gone rapidly already, the M30, Alex Torrell threatening to drive even faster, judging by his pace Picks at it. Le Mans. And here comes Tom Onslow Cole, so they do decide to do it this time around. They've been really daring. He probably could have squeezed an extra lap out of it, but... Tom Onslow Cole decides to come down. I'm sure Dan Shufflebottom will have had a say on this as well from Ram Racing. So pitting from second position. And the two leaders of this race will be stopped on the pit lane apron briefly. That means that uh, Ross Warburton now up to third position in the 14 car. I think there's going to be trouble, though, for the RLRM Sport team. Oh, yes. Because they've, they've been afraid, as they did at Le Mans. Yes. They've miscalculated that pit stop time by the look of it. It's 1.57. It should be a two-minute bogey time, I'm pretty sure here. Yes, these pit stops are done to a minimum reference time to make sure that the jobs that have to be done by the team members aren't overly rushed. It's not like Le Mans where you can gain time necessarily in a pit stop. You can certainly lose time, but your pit stop has to be a minimum of two minutes. And, as you say, that's a minute and 57 seconds from pit in to pit out. How frustrating for Alex Capardi after a tremendous drive and for Ross Warburton, who's just taken the car over. Here is Ram Racing's pit stop then. Getting some helping hands, it looked like, from another team there, or perhaps just a, uh, a shared set of overalls. It may well be they're using the pit crew that are more attuned to the, uh, the fueling rig. Yes, coming from the 90 car, which is the TF Sport Aston Martin. They do need to share a fuel rig here, and that, that agreement needs to be made with a partner team, and obviously that's easier if you've got a team uh, cars in both. Tom Onslow Cole out of the car, helmet off. It is a drive-through penalty meanwhile for car number 22 for speeding in pit lane. That's Matt Bell's car. Well, that was coming in, or going out. Matt Bell down in 17th position, but it will be a drive-through. So further damage, I'm afraid, for the 22. So the order, as it stands, Alex Turrell does rejoin and looks to rejoin in the lead. Ten seconds to the good of the number 14 car from Ross Warburton. We wait to find out whether or not there's going to be any issue there for the number 14. For pit stop, that looks like it might be a little short. Colin Noble, meanwhile, 15 seconds back from Ross Warburton, but lapping last time around something like four seconds quicker. So Colin Noble catching very quickly indeed. Then it's the Graf car. In fourth position, number 65, 44 SPV car in fifth. Then Andy Merrick actually running in a fine sixth position, but quite a way back. It's 75 seconds back from the lead for Andy Merrick. 
Roman Voss emerges from the pits in the lead of GT3 but uh, just waiting for confirmation of exactly where in the order that will be Well, we'll wait for that information to come through. One thing is for sure, the pit lane window is definitely closed now because we're at 54 minutes to go in the race. It uh, slammed shut at 55 minutes. However, if you'd made your stop at uh, 55 minutes and one second to go in the race, that's absolutely fine. So if you cut the, uh, the beam at that point, then the, uh, the pit stop is deemed to be legal. DKR Engineering heading over the rise and into Rint Corner, but an opportunity to uh, just take a brief look back at what's happened already in this uh, so far hour-long race. It will be two hours by the time we finished it, and it got very, very tight into the first corner with the 33 fully locked up. It meant that Alice Capadia and a few others had to go to the escape route across the Austrian flag. There was a side swipe there in the early stages for Natal Biel. In at the wheel of the 53 YMR car and that was the Lamborghini Huracan rejoining after a moment also run through the gravel for uh, Javier Ibran as part of the Ibran team and car 33 did manage to get out of the kitty litter there a fabulous drive from Alex Capadia really turning on the style and car 14 started in 18th position well it got up to second place come the stops Ross Warburton's now taken that car over but Alex Capadia had to overtake so many cars both GT3 and LMP3 was very nearly collected by a spinning 99N race car as well at turn 4 but a good bit of avoidance there to mean that Alain Costa headed into the gravel to bring out our only full-course yellow so far. Very entertaining GT3 battle involving Tom Onslow-Cole and Emanuele Busnelli with Flick Haig in the ultimate, uh, the sorry, the optimum racing Audi R8 LMS and Flick has now handed that car over to Joe Osborne. Synchronised spinning at Rint Corner for Natan Biel and the 98 machine car 98 that was started by Eric de Donker and Andy Merrick's now taken that over and this rather uh, audacious manoeuvre for the number 12 and there was then contact between the 8 Lamborghini and the 44 SPV machine more great battling between Natan Biel and Alvaro Fontes and Graham Goodwin's bet for most entertaining driver in the opening hour at least was Alvaro Fontes in the number 44 car certainly a striking livery and the number three car that leads the way, now driven by Spaniard Alex Terrell, has this lead of 22 seconds as Alex goes faster than anybody else through sector one. So car three starting to light up the timing screens as we'd expected, Graham. Well, the second place car in the hands of Ross Warburton, being to get that lead being swallowed up at the moment by Colin Noble. I think he's going to be by in the next lap, but the team manager has been called to race control. I'm betting on it that that's to do with a potentially short pit stop after the fantastic performance in the early part of the race from Alex Capardio. And I think we're going to be able to go down to pit lane and have a word with Charlie George having catch-up with uh, Alex Capardio after one of the drives of the race so far. Yeah, and down here at RLR, Alex, a fantastic stint from you. Started from 18th, got all the way up to second. Hard work, I imagine. And now we're hearing that there may be a problem with your pit stop. Yeah, a bit of a bittersweet race. Um, Ross did uh, did a good job in qualifying, got up 18th, but uh, I had a bit of a work to do to get past some of those cars. Got it up to second, started catching up to the normal in the lead. We had it down to about three seconds. So just shows that Team RLR have really made progress with the car and that we're a team on the move 
quite sure what's happened in the pit stop. We uh, apparently we're three seconds under. We had uh, we had to go long when I came in because there was a car right behind me. I'm not sure if something to do with that has confused the system, but uh, we have to wait to see what happens now. But we may get a drive-through. Either way, it's a good race for us up to this point, and we just want to see if Ross can uh, go out there and improve on his times from qualifying. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Well, putting a brave face there on disappointing evidence, possibly, and we will wait and see. It will be investigated, and there's no sign of a penalty quite yet. Uh, another penalty I think that might be looming here. Since coming out from the pit stop, uh, the number 12 car that's already had a stop and hold uh, has twice caught the attention for track limits again. So it's had a warning, now gets a black and white flag for abuse of track limits. Uh, well, it's the previous driver that did the, uh, the stop and hold does look to me as if it's distinctly possible that Marco Cianchetti might also be getting the same kind of treatment very soon. New fastest lap of the race meanwhile for Alex Turil. He is pulling away from now Colin Noble up into second position. Takes that position from Ross Warburton. It's 27 seconds the lead now. 127.581 is the new fastest lap of the race for Alex Turil. And he's going quicker again in both the first and second sector uh, of this lap, although his fastest, outright fastest second sector bettered as I speak by uh, Michele Rugolo in the number 55 car. That's the spirit of race car he shares with Claudio Sedanovic. Weather still closing in. Now, I was suggesting that the wet weather's going to get to us, but actually after six o'clock. I know I'm being brave there, and there'll be plenty of people probably making a beeline for me if the wet stuff does arrive before six, but I'm still relatively confident that we've got 45 minutes of clear air. Let's wait and see as the number three car has now to negotiate Phil Keane, although the exit speed out of turn two looks to be relatively similar. GT3 compared to LMP3. The P3, the Norma, gains its time through the fast corners, of course. It has a lot more downforce than the GT3 car, despite that massive rear wing on the rear of the number seven car, as there's a new fastest lap of the race, Michele Rugolo, the star man in the 55 car, that is the spirit of race, Ligier, now faster than anybody else. Another spin for the 33, and it stopped right on the apex of turn number one with the car. Oh, that's the Ram Racing car off in the distance as well. So Raymond Voss, who is the GT3 leader, I'll say that again, was the GT3 leader, losing it as he desperately tries to recover that situation. Now, did those two cars make contact, or did Raymond go off in avoidance of this 33 car? Double-waved yellow flags. I'm not sure how much the drivers can see round the corner. Oh, it's a very, very close. It's a horrible place to be stuck. He tried to reach on the race. Ramon Voss has managed to get the car moving, but there's damage. There's damage. I think that might be it. He's pulled the car off the circuits. So we didn't see the beginning of that incident. We saw the end of it with the 33 car trying to recover, yep. coming across the track to the apex of turn one, or just beyond the apex of turn one, and either beaching the car, but rather getting the car on the curbs, or certainly not being able to rejoin. But it's in a horrible place there. We go full course yellow. Yeah, well, I think there's very little option to be honest. And Raymond Voss may have an he's opportunity. Got a, he's got a problem. Yes, we can't see the damage. Oh, no, we... It's a puncture. It's a rear right puncture. So now, has that come as a result of contact? You've seen whether there's some scarring on the rear right wheel as well. It's on the link road, which uh, leaves the main Grand Prix circuit here, about a third of the way up the hill, and then joins again at turn five. So he can shortcut this lap to try and get it back. Now, the problem he's got there, of course, he'll lose that lap. 
Yes. Uh, so he's already lost the lead uh, because Babini will be through and already is through into the lead. Joe Osborne up into second. Awful luck again for Ramon Voss. He's getting out the car, or he's looking for, I think, assistance here. Of course, this was a car, if I remember rightly, was collected heavily at Monza as well. You're right, the, the rear right tyre has gone. And it just looked like there may have been a bit of exposed metal on the on the rim as well, rather than it being the full black colour. Now, what has happened here, it is on the kerb, we can see yeah. that... But I don't think that's it. I think there's a further problem for that number 33 car. Well, rear-wheel drive, these LMP3s, so maybe just can't find a reverse gear, the driver of the 33, and it's, lod it's lodged right up against the kerb, as you say, so can't go forwards and now needs to reverse out of that scene. But I think sensibly the driver, uh, Matthijs Backer, was uh, not wanting to reverse into traffic because he couldn't see around the corner. And actually the safer place to be for Matthijs might have been just to sit there and allow the session to be neutralised, for the race to be neutralised, rather. Yeah, and horrible luck for Ramon Voss. Don't, we don't know what's happened no, here. No, no. Um, it would seem sensible to assume that the two cars have in some way made contact. Well, Charlie's down in the pit lane and maybe heading towards uh, Tom Onslow Cole just to see whether he can shed a little bit of light on it. Meanwhile, the 33 car then of Matthijs Bacher, the uh, Dutchman, is being wheeled backwards as he started the engine. Suggests not. Oh, no, there's a little bit of movement there. It's damage got damage, hasn't there it? There is damage in the front of that car, and I'm hearing from Ram Racing uh, that they were hit by an LMP3, has a, a puncture, and will have to retire, is what they say. Oh, dear. OK, well... The man that probably can tell us a little bit more is now with Charlie George down in the pit lane as Raymond Voss's Mercedes is wheeled behind the concrete barrier. That's the end for Ram Racing's Mercedes. Let's hear from its other driver, Tom Onslow-Cole. Well, Tom, it all looked like it was going really well with the different strategy, and unfortunately the bad luck has struck again. What exactly has happened? Uh, all we know is that uh, Remon Radio in that he's been hit by uh, an LMP3 car and uh, has a rear puncture, as we can see on the on the screen, which um, uh, is gutting, really. Uh, you know, we had the same thing at Monza. We got hit in the rear, and uh, it just so happens the splitter of an LMP3 car is uh, perfect to fit underneath the back bumper of a of a Mercedes and, and pierce the uh, the tyre, but. Uh, this is getting frustrating now, I think, and um, this is probably our championship uh, fight over anyway because we were on uh, on the back foot. We needed a good round and uh, gutted for Remon as well. He's been putting in a lot of work to try and catch up with these up other AM drivers. You know, he's, he hasn't got the experience uh, that some of the other guys out there have, and he's been working so hard to, to get up to their pace, and we were hoping this would uh, really come to fruition for us at this weekend, but um, no points, and... Uh, He's definitely going to be disgruntled. So sorry. Thanks. Again, another brave face, really, and a true professional Tom Onslow Cole. I think we get the message there, but not a lot they can do. Not a great early wedding present either for Tom Onslow Cole, due to get married in just a few weeks' time to the lovely Rebecca Jones good well, luck to both of you if either of them can fit it into their very very busy season well you know there's racing to be done that's true absolutely priorities guys come absolutely. on absolutely they'll run down the who aisle. gets married during a motorsport season that's what the winter's for I suppose good weather really um, 42 and a half minutes to go and 
the incident involving car 33 and 5, so there is confirmation that it was the Ibram car that uh, was involved with Rimon Voss's Mercedes from Ram Racing. And the 33 car looks like it's possibly out of the race as well. The Ibram Pardo Javier entered car, although driven at that time by Matthijs Bakker, the uh, Dutchman, as I say, another bronze driver. It's a bronze duo, in fact, in the 33. There's the 46 then, the car that's now in the lead of GT3. And the 8 car not really in the mixture for this weekend. It's at least a lap down. So car 46 leading from the 75 Audi of Joe Osborne. What's the gap? Something like 15 seconds between Babini and Osborne there. That, that might even a little because okay. that, that was slightly affected by where the race went back to green. However, Ross Warburton, who's in between the two Lamborghinis, is being caught by the number 65 Graf Racing car just there in the bottom of the shots for third position overall with the potential of course of a penalty looming over the RLR car so frustration for a couple of the, the runners that really did pour on the entertainment for the first part of this race in the last few moments still got the 19 runners though and although the 33 oh is that still moving I think it might be I think it is yes. I think he rejoined okay. his last so, lap was well about where it should have been we were wondering whether it was carrying damage. It might have uh, broken a dive plane if uh, what Tom says was accurate and the, the, the front splitter, which does protrude quite a bit at the front of these LMP3s, just scooped underneath and pierced the tyre. And cow catcher yeah, yeah. is required, I think, for yes. the Mercedes MGs here. Rather a shame. Yeah, more black and white flags this time for track limits for the 40, sorry, for the 55 car, cars 4, 55 and 75 in fact. So 75 is Flick Hagues and now Joe Osborne driven uh, Audi. It is a three second stop and go penalty for the third position car, in fact the fourth position car because Cade has gone by Ross Warburton. But a noble meanwhile. Uh, Took a little bit out of the leader last time for the first time, uh, first time I've noticed. It's 25.9 seconds is the gap, but took a couple of seconds out of, I'm presuming, a traffic-bound Norma ahead. So we will be seeing the number 15 car, 14 car, sorry, uh, mm. down pit lane for a brief stop and hold. And it's three seconds because that's the amount of time that the pit stop was short, effectively, or, yes, too short. It, did a, it was a one minute and 57 second pit stop and it needs to be two minutes or longer. But it will cost them a further 20 seconds over and above that. And just looking down the order, that's going to put them mighty close to the charging number 98 of Andy Merrick. Amongst the quickest men on the circuit at the moment, he's a minute and 20 seconds back from the lead. But uh, catching, catching, catching Ross Warburton and indeed Milkade in third. So he's one to watch for the next 39 minutes, Andy Merrick. Good times coming through, sector time certainly from Alex Tarrill and from Colin Noble. Tarrill faster than anyone else through sector three. Colin Noble faster through sector two than anybody else left in the race as well. So Colin Noble trying to get closer to Alex Tarrill where possible. He's got 25 seconds near enough to try and make up and that's now 50 laps completed by the number three car from DKR Engineering. On course for a second victory of the year still 40 minutes to go though so let's not speak too early we've had wins from Nielsen Racing from United Order Sports and from DKR so far this year they could be the, become the first repeat winners therefore For fastest lap of the race goes to Colin Noble it's a 127.345 25.1 seconds 
the gap now. That's a further eight tenths per second taken out the leader, Alex Terrell. Still a good lead though for the Norma, the DKR engineering man. Here comes Ross Warburton. I keep wanting to say Ross Noble. Ross uh, Warburton getting mixed up with Colin Noble there. Mm -hmm. This will be a brief three second stop and hold. There is Colin Noble in the number 79 car. Going great guns. But uh, I think he might need assistance here to, to break down this 25 second uh, gap that uh, Alex Terrell is defending. There goes the number 14 car. Will he come out ahead of Andy Merrick? It's going to be close. And I think Merrick may have gone through. Let's have a look. Merrick driving the 98 car, which is already heading up towards yes. turn two. So, yes, the car is out in front of number 14, and that's a change in position with Merrick now up to fourth and Warburton down to at least fifth. So, uh, Andy Merrick now ahead has a 30-second gap to work on with Emil Cardé ahead. So, it is Decar Engineering lead the way with their Norma. Then it's the Ligier battle, the 79 Nielsen racing car. This car Third is the number 65 Graf Racing car of Emil Cardé. And in fourth, chasing that trio, Andy Merrick in the Motorsport 98 Ligier. Ahead now of Ross Warburton, who is going to be in close contention on the road, by the way, with guess who? It's the 44 car. Hmm. It's been involved with just about every battle we've seen this afternoon. Mm, yes. This time, though, of course, in the hands of its second driver, and that is Andrew Cummings. Yeah. And the 44 car was uh, nose to tail for many many laps with the 53 that at the time had Natan Biel at the wheel while well, the M racing car has now been handed over to Laurent Milara and as you say it's potentially going to be Andrew Cummings in the 44 up against well Michele Rugolo from behind and Ross Warburton that is just up ahead so Rugolo expected to scythe his way through the order he's got just under 10 seconds to try and find on the Andrew Cummings car the 44 bright yellow from SPV meanwhile with 36 and a half minutes still to go the Graf car number 65 is being pursued by Fabio Babini in car 46 65 being driven by Emilien Kart now who is the co-driver to Adrian Schiller and Card we know is very very quick had a good Le Mans silver driver and that car behind Colin Noble in 79 and behind Alex Terrell it is a further uh, penalty for the number 55 car it is a stop and go penalty for 55 and for the 4 so 55 in the hands of Michele Rugolo briefly had the fastest lap of the race they will drop away from uh, being a threat to the now 6th position Ross Warburton has lost that uh, position to Andrew Cummings in the 44 car. So the 55 car, spirit of race car, will be down pit lane for a stop and go. Maybe a stop and go, actually. In the tw 12th position, the number four car. That is the cool racing by GPC car in the hands of Iraj Alexander, Swiss driver. It's a double Swiss driving crew in that car. 12th position and 10th in LMP3 that car too will be getting a stop-go penalty. Andy Merrick running fourth, Andrew Cummings fifth, sixth place for Ross Warburton and very, very busy at turn one with the cool racing car of Iraj Alexander trying to squeeze up the inside there of car 23, I reckon that was, Richard well, it's, Mines. It's Richard Mines on the inside, it's behind is the 33 recovering from the spin at uh, turn one earlier. 
So that is the 12th position car of Richard Mines. Uh, is that a battle for position? It is, you know. There's the 4 and the 23 in a battle for position. Of yep. course, Irish Alexander is going to have to have that stop go. The 55 car takes its penalty immediately. The times from Iraj Alexander look pretty good now. I had concerns about the four car, just to, as far as it, the tracking or the steering. Remember it had that good old clonk from the 46 EB Motors Lamborghini when Emanuele Busnelli ran wide at turn eight and rejoined and smacked into the side of Alexander Quani as it was at the time behind the wheel of the four. But Iraj Alexander looks fine in terms of the pace. Unfortunately, it's going to have to come in and serve that penalty, though, before going any further. Confirmation that there are black and white flags now being flown in the direction of the number 22 and the 99 cars. So that's United Autosports and the end race, Ligiers. So Matt Bell at the moment in the frame for that one, Thomas Ackery. And uh, Matt, recovery got the field to 15th position. He's just got by a couple of the GT3 cars as the 23-33 battle continues. Richard Mines and... Matthias Backer and uh, on different laps these two but it's not stopping them from having a good old tussle but uh, the car that is on the same lap is the third car in the order that is a real battle with Richard Bynes that's Sanchetti in the number 12 car this is for 12th position overall and a top 10 slot Meanwhile, conversations being had down at G-Drive Racing that's uh, a European Le Mans series uh, crew but uh, well done again to Leo Russell after a tremendous performance in qualifying a little on, earlier on today to get that team a pole position. Well, pole position, the closest pole position in European Le Mans series history. It was a battle with his teammate, five thousandths of a second. It is a qualifying lap record, not a surprise for these new cars. Mm -hmm. But astonishingly, just six and a half seconds slower than the uh, qualifying time for last year's Austrian Grand Prix for the 10th place car on the grid wow. in the hands of it's Felipe Massa and that's a change in position Gengetti goes through on Richard Lines the 12th position but has been reported to the stewards for constant abuse of track limits there was going to be a meaty penalty coming the way of that car they've already had mm. was it a 60 second stop and hold yes. That car? yes for SVC Sport Management the crew that have two cars here for the Road to Le Mans race great to see that Nicolas Lapierre is also taking an active interest oh, yeah. in the Le Mans Cup race Enrique Edmund putting a bit of branding there on top of the uh, Dragon Speed and uh, well, the Toyota factory driver this year of course at the Le Mans 24 hours terribly unlucky that squad again and further black and white flag meanwhile seems like everybody's getting them Stevie S in the number 8 Lamborghini the all on just VC car Alex Terrell stabilising that gap now 23.4 seconds Colin Noble heading down to about 24 22 seconds rather just watching for where the progress is coming Andy Merrick is closing but not quickly enough at this stage of the race yeah and the gap between the two GT3 leaders is about 15 seconds. At times, Joe Osborne is able to lap quicker than Fabio Babini, and I get all excited because it'd be great to have a battle to the line. And then Fabio Babini finds the relevant gaps in the traffic and is able to up his pace as well. In fact, as Babini goes across the line, he's just done the car's best lap of the race, the 46 EB Motors Lambo, as has Joe Osborne. So those, both those guys have got to be in clear air. Here is Babini on the ascent from turn one to two. 
and it's going to be quite a long pause before Joe Osborne appears at Remus corner it's about 15 seconds the gap mm. and uh, Babini's done a fine job of stabilising that gap well just to give you an indication the 75 Audi of Joe Osborne is at turn 2 Remus now and the EB Motors Lambo hasn't quite reached Rauch corner into turn 3 so a little less than the the back straight, as I like to call it, between turn two and three at the top of the hill as a lead in GT3. That's not insurmountable, I would suggest, as through the pit lane goes Iraj Alexander to serve the, uh, the, the penalty then for cool racing. So that was just a drive-through for car four. Took him 27 seconds. You can do it a little quicker than that, but maybe some recalibration required for the pit lane speed limiter. But another car, sadly, to have to serve a penalty, quite legitimately, though. Michele Rugolo, who was pushing on, car 55 uh, being one of the cars being told to come in for a uh, drive-through penalty as well. well. That's good news, though, for Ross Warburton, who uh, did have... Michele Rugler right behind him. It's given him a bit of, bit of an edge there, maybe 10 seconds respite on track. Mm. Rugler's actually served that penalty now, so it took him 24 seconds to come through. It's another stop-go penalty for the number 12 car. Tenchetti in 11th position. I strongly suspect it's going to be quite a lengthy one. Yeah. No indication of the time quite yet, as Colin Noble goes faster than anyone else through sector two. Gap is hovering around 23-24 seconds, but a really good lap from the Spaniard that leads the race, Alex Terrell, driving the number three car, the DKR Norma that he took over from Jean Glorio. A superb scent from the Belgian. Alex Terrell taking that car over. It was a stop and go, pretty much, for the 12 okay. car. So no extra time. New fastest lap of the race, and it's the first lap under 127. This time to Colin Noble brings the gap down to 23 seconds at 126.926. And the lead car and the 79 car swapping, it seems, fastest sector times, ultimate fastest sector times at will. As the Italian driver of car number 12, which sadly has fallen quite a bit further down now, Marco Cencetti rejoins several visits to the pit lane for car 12 is it four yes it's four yeah well it should have been one and they've done their legitimate they've done their mandatory pit stop but there've been three extra penalties well they've had a drive through a stop and hold and a stop and go so far yeah. all for track limits it's uh, getting the full quota isn't it i suppose of the various different penalties and also giving us a look into the regulations as to what order they appear in indeed 28 so- minutes to go Taking off in the I Spy book of racing, all the available options. Yeah, full complement. There's Darren Turner from the Beach Team AMR crew. Talking the enemy there, it's TF yeah, Sports. No, no, yes. Getting some intelligence. Not Both. that Darren in any way is lacking intelligence, I should say. <laughs> he hastily adds. Both Astons being run on Dunlop tyres, as indeed they all are. Uh, the all the GT cars within European Le Mans series so no. glimpse of what's to come tomorrow remember full coverage uh, on the YouTube channel and various other uh, outlets tomorrow from well it's a one o'clock start Central European time with about a half an hour build up beforehand stop and go as well and taken immediately by Matt Bell 13th position for the number 22 United Autosports car bit of bragging rights at uh, up for grabs here between the two United cars, 12th and 13th in the order. That will just stop Matt Bell's charge for a little wee while, trying to get up with Richard Means, and it puts Iraj Alexander between the two. 
I think, probably, Cencetti as well, by the time he gets back onto track. Keeping on that uh, gap in the lead. 27 minutes to go, and Colin Noble under 23 seconds back, but not closing quickly enough. Mm. Gap can now be managed, and the Merrick, meanwhile, is closing... So Clade able to respond on the odd lap when he's got clear air. Yep, there is 28 seconds. So again, running out of time for that to make a difference. We've got here, that is the 99 car unlapping itself. This, though, I think is a battle for position. There's Michele Rugolo with Ross Warburton and takes a position. Warburton then down to seventh, seventh place. Yeah, Rugolo in the 55 car up to sixth position and now Warburton under pressure from the Mercedes behind. They're not on the same lap, but Phil Keane might use this opportunity to get ahead into Rint and the final corner as Tony Wells just relaxes down at Nielsen Racing. He's we, perfectly we, happy. We should say hello, shouldn't we? Hello, Tony. Yeah, we should, if he's got the volume turned up. It looks like uh, the coverage very slightly behind real time, but enjoying... Uh, the coverage courtesy of his smartphone down in the apron after a tremendous drive, I thought, from Tony and handing over to Colin Noble. Trouble on the way by the look of it, as he notices the presence of the cameraman. <laughs> uh, trouble on the way by the way for the second place car in GT3, Joe Osborne. And there's this uh, report to the stewards of constant abuse of track limits by the Audi. Now, where does he sit in terms of the next available threat? Well, he should be OK if, this is, if the worst that happens here is a stop and go. Should have enough in hand. Grey and orange car overlapping black and orange car. That's the uh, optimum racing Audi R8 then of Joe Osborne needing to have a little bit of room to break there. Being overtaken by the 98 car, which is the Motorsport 98 entry. It is going to be Fourth a stop place. and go for the number 75. OK. Oh, dear. And for one or two people asking, by the way, uh, why we haven't got the Cox Racing car here this weekend, it's, it is Nick uh, Pronk with some business commitments. They will be back for the remaining rounds of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Peter Cox and friend. So three cars together on the timing and scoring screen about to be disrupted by this stop and go penalty that the 75 will have to soak up and that will give Maurizio Mediani who now drives the number 95 Spirit of Race Ferrari, the car started by Christoph Ulrich, that will give that car probably second place in class I don't think it quite will, it's going to give him a sniff of a hint of a possibility of a chance Okay, but uh, don't think it's going to quite get in there, it's too far back and remember that yes it will be stopped and then got uh, will get going again very very quickly but it won't necessarily cost it the full 21-22 seconds down the pit lane for the 75 because it's still moving at 60 k's and then comes to a brief halt and gets going again so what is the gap between Osborne and Mediani yeah, we're still waiting for Mediani to break the beam and it is 25 seconds Ooh, it's going to be tight it is going to be tight Especially with the stop and hold. So, where is Joe Osborne now in car number 75? I think. Oh, it's just gone on to another lap. So, Joe's going to bide his time and maybe stop next time around. And astonishingly, 55 reported again for abuse of track limits. Wow. So, that's the Michele Rugolo driven car. So and it goes straight out for a penalty and done it again. Yes. yes. 
Now, that uh, could be very bad news indeed for the 55 crew. It could be extremely good news for the RLR crew. True who uh, misjudged their pit stop, remember, they were three seconds short to so have to come down pit lane to then soak up those extra three seconds. It cost them a lot more than that because of the visit to the pit lane. There's the 44 car, which has uh, taken admiring glances throughout the race. Andrew Cummings now enjoying himself, having taken over from Alvaro Fontes and is just ahead of the number 99 car. That's not a race for position. Cummings is fourth and the 99 quite a bit further down in 19th position with Tomar Akari driving the end race car. Not helped, of course, by that spin into the gravel by Akari's teammate, Ala Costa, fairly early on. 22 minutes to go. And it is Alex Toril for DKR Engineering leading by still 25 seconds from Colin Noble as Andy Merrick manages to go faster than he's uh, done in the 98 car now so a PB for car 98 running round in fourth position and ahead of this 44 car the 44 car with Michele Rugolo right behind him but uh, I think Rugolo is going to get some bad news on the radio pretty soon still haven't seen the stop yet for Joe Osborne who goes round another time we're normally given three laps to come down pit lane and serve the penalty so Joe just heading out of turn two as there's very nearly a bit of contact between the 44 but that was the pass as you say with Rugolo getting by in the 55 and I think Andrew Cummings saw him coming and allowed therefore the gap but we believe the 55 waiting well, on bad news from the stewards office yes because of another issue with track limits so maybe the uh, SPV guys were playing that cannily and just saying, Andrew, let him by because you'll have an opportunity to get through in a second. As you can see on screen, you're mm. absolutely correct because it's a one-minute stop and hold penalty for both the 55 and the 4 car. The 4 car down in 12th position. The 55 car, in just taken the 5th position, is going to lose that and a lot more. Yeah. Both cars for one-minute stop and go. So, unfortunately, the warnings, just the... Uh, drive-throughs haven't done the trick so they've unlocked the box that has the big hammer in and they're going to get it the 4 and the 55 Andy Merrick by the way continues to turn up the wick going faster and faster and faster still no stop for Joe Osborne now I hope that's nothing to be concerned about and that they're counting the laps within the regulations that you have to serve a drive-through but it is there in clear yellow and black that the stop-go penalty for car 75 for abusive track limits that was reported at 17.35 we're now five minutes on from that and a couple of laps it needs to be now it has to be at the end of lap 62 which is the one we're on and Joe I'm sure it's been told unless of course there's an issue with the radio in the 75 car but you can do it old school with a, uh, a board over the pit lane and hope that Joe sees it so one minute stop and go penalties for cars 4 and 55 as we've said that's the 4 car is uh, Iraj Alexander seemingly in this stint seeing more of the pit lane than the actual track 19 and a half minutes to go there's the EB Motors uh, Lamborghini Huracan then driven by Fabio Babini and keeping himself out of trouble within the white lines and I don't remember any messages for car 46 although Emanuele Busnelli was a little erratic at times and did run wide certainly at Rint Corner had some contact as well but that Lambo holding up to the punishment 
And Fabio Babini, incredibly experienced car, coming very, very hot into Turn 1 there, was maybe Andy Merrick. Struggled to set. Yes, it is the 98 yes, car. It will be. It, it is. is. So that car. I think he'd seen the leader coming behind him. Right, yeah. There you go. Monstering the kerbs and maybe trying to get out of the way of Alex Turrell, which he's done now. And Turrell gliding at the inside. No, he's not quite yet because Andy Merrick fends him off. So that might be not even an overtake for position. But Merrick quicker out of turn two and across the top of the circuit. Let's keep an eye on that from Alex Turrell. Sector time is exactly where it should be. This is Raj Alexander, the number four car, making his stop for this one-minute stop and hold. And uh, Joe Osborne still hasn't stopped, by the way, so he carries on. We'll see how that unwinds with 18 minutes to go. The number four car coming in for its stop and hold. 99 gets a stop and go. That car out of the running for significant position. We're watching now the number 75 car and what's going on here. By the way, the third name on the roof of the cool racing car is that of Gino Forgione, not with us this weekend and racing with Alexandra and with Iraj. May well see that car back, that driver back again. Here comes Joe Osborne, finally. Down pit road. He'll say it was all part of the plan at Optimum. And... Maybe, of course, that the Optimum Motorsport team chief was in conversation with Race Control to make sure that it was definitely those guys that needed to come in and to further establish what the issue was within the regulations. The four-car will be released immediately in front of Joe Osborne. And where is Maurizio Mediani? Here he comes in the 95 Ferrari. I told you it was going to be close. Mediani then across the line. Joe Osborne should be able to get the hammer down out of Turn 1, but we know it's a very tight exit. How close do you want it, Graham? Absolutely side by side. And Joe Osborne surely will know he's in a race here. The position is taken by Maurizio Mediani. That's what it costs you to disobey the track limits I'm afraid yeah. and that's exactly uh, what it's cost them it's cost them second position in this race now for the last 16 and a half, 16 and a half minutes we've got a race on our hands for second position in fact the last two podium positions in GT3 meanwhile ahead of these Colin Noble another fastest lap of the race so that change confirmed then the 75 car being overtaken by the 95 and this is the battle for second position in GT3. Remember, for, uh, for the Fabio Babini-driven Lamborghini is now half a minute up the road from these guys. So any fluctuation in the order as far as the podium is concerned is going to come from this red Ferrari and then the white, grey and orange Optimum Motorsport, the Optimum Racing Audi R8. Whatever uh, happened with the Audi, by the way, it's been a great drive uh, back from Maurizio Mediani in the 95 car. Rather elderly Ferrari 458, but still glorious. And Joe good. Osborne, though, is going to have his dander up here, isn't he? I would get that feeling, yes. He's a nice guy out of the car, Joe, but once you get him into a race car, you can just see the menace that he's trying to unleash here with the dust being kicked up on the exit at Turn 9 using, well, every inch of the track available to him and arguably a little bit more. So he needs to be wary of those track limits again, those dreaded track limits, particularly at Turn 9 and Turn 1. Here is the end race car making its visit down the pit lane. Stop and go penalty for the number 99. I think this is at least its second penalty. I know it did a separate stop, didn't it, because of the run through the, um, through the gravel. So 
a first penalty, I think, for the number 99. 15 minutes to go. It's been an hour and three quarters so far. Pretty non-stop action. Mm. And uh, you'll not hear us complaining about that. Tremendous stuff so far. And Fabio Babini looking to be controlling this race now in the GT3 element of it. And on lap 60, well, 67 just completed now onto lap 68, goes Alex Turil in car number three, slowing now for turn one. There is car 55, driven by Michele Rugolo, recently having served a penalty. And the car's now done its fastest lap of the race. I hope that was within the track limits, though, for Rugolo. 12th position overall. Yep, the number 12 and the number 55 together on track and both been on the naughty step more than once. Through to complete the lap. As a result of Rugolo's penalty, it means we've now got GT3 cars as high up as 8th, 9th and 10th positions. What are we seeing here? This is the leader encountering the N-Race car and the M-Racing machine. And what happened with the leader? Was there some contact? No. There was the Motorsport 98 car of Andy Merrick uh, ahead there. Yeah. Uh, Andy's still pushing hard. 28 seconds, though, is still the gap. It's been a frustrating fight for Andy Merrick, doing all he can. But unfortunately, Emil Cade able to respond to the pressure from the Englishman behind. She's not English, it's his brush. Get that he, won't, he won't thank me for that. No, he will not. So, I thought he was from Chester. It's kind of on the board, isn't it? No, you're right, he is Welsh. Down into turn three, and the 12 car, which has also been one of those in and out and in and out of the pits. And you need to make one stop, but you also need to abide by the track limits. And Rugolo has kind of found this car because of its many visits to pit lane as well. So this is a battle for position, 11th and 12th between two Italians, Marco Cencetti ahead of Michele Rugolo. And Matt Bell not that far behind this battle either, about six, seven seconds back. So this could easily be in the closing moments. So stop and go and be more for number 33 and other delayed cars. Ricard Leitz in the pits, showing off some casual weather record. Drivers' champion in the World Endurance Championship, firm part of uh, the Porsche factory network of drivers and uh, firm favourites of the locals here at Proton Competition, who's driven for before mm. in the WEC. I'm pretty certain took that championship win with the Proton car. Yeah, we need Richard in this race or Klaus Bachler to represent the local talent here. Side by side then between the 12 and the 55. This might be Rakeli Rugolo's opportunity. The car carrying a bit of damage on the rear left corner, it looked like then, leading to leading turn two. 12 still just ahead of 55. This is surely Rugolo's opportunity. No, he was running deep into turn three, oh, trying to avoid contact. There was a bit of element there of forcing the 12 car off the road, but Cencetti had to concede in the end. Rugolo well and truly revved up about this race now. Absolutely, Matt Bell is still catching five seconds back now from this. In time, they lead the race, by the way. And I have no doubt whatsoever, in, in no small part with Alex Turrell managing this gap, is down to 17 and a half seconds. 55 goes by, 33. And the car, which owes us a penalty stop, doesn't take it this time around. Stays out just a little longer. 11 minutes to go. 
Joe Osborne there going across the line, still in pursuit of the number 95 Ferrari. from the Audi and up the hill then comes the number 12 car having just been passed by car 55 Optimum Racing's Audi still sitting there in third position but a good time that time through sector one for Joe Osborne the car's best and he's still got Maurizio Mediani within his sights it's not quite done yet the problem is for Joe, at least, there's only a little over 10 minutes to go of this fourth race of the year, third round of the year for the 2017 Michelin Le Mans Cup. Live from the Red Bull Ring in Austria, in Spielberg, Austria, and it's Graham Goodwin and Johnny Palmer taking you through the last few laps then of this tremendously entertaining race with Colin Noble now on the attack, second place in P3, uh, alongside Fabio Babini, who leads GT3. It's been like this throughout, hasn't it? It's cars in significant battles getting together on track, sometimes a little bit too close together. It's, uh, some great racing, as well as a lot of incidents and a lot of penalty stop, uh, stops mm. for track limits here. The race director leaving no doubt that the instructions these guys were given, both in driver's briefing and constantly since then, will be enforced. And... If the one rule of motorsport officialism that I, I believe you should always hold dear is you've got to be consistent. And yes. Consistent, he most certainly has been. Well, there have been announcements before every session. They've been penalties dished out in every session. And then there's been the reminder at the start of the next session that once again they'll be keeping an eye on those track limits. But I do understand it from a driver's perspective. You're trying to get as much out of the track, as much out of the circuit as possible, and that is running those track limits as close as you can. But, all, you know, the very nature of us all being human beings means that sometimes you're going to go over that white line but built into the regulations are first and second chances and then repeat offenders will be penalised and that's precisely what we've got in certainly some cases including the 12 and the 55 cars amongst others so lead gap 16.7 seconds but there's only eight and a half minutes to go Alex Terrell by the way still in the 128s that's still a very quick time indeed 127 solidly now Colin Noble and uh, well he'll have a sniff that he'll know full well that the gap has been managed but if he's got a sniff at all that he thinks the lead car might have anything of a problem he'll be pushing as hard as he possibly can also pushing Andy Merrick 127 for his fastest lap of the race so far takes a second and a half out of Emil Cardé but that's not going to be enough with the clock ticking down, under eight minutes now. Fabio Babini, meanwhile, holds a 25-second gap over Maurizio Mediani. Mediani, though, taking two seconds out of that gap last time around. Another man, though, running out of time. 12 car goes way wide there. One of the number of runners that has just hit trouble after trouble, and yeah. used of his own making, I'm afraid. Yeah, Cencetti's been a little neater with his running compared to co-driver Maratiotto, but uh, even Marco's had a one or two errors. Not much. Not I have much. To say, okay. yeah, I think he's had, he's, he's had the warnings. Yeah. Well, one or two of them when Cencetti took over had been uh, a 
accumulated by Maratiotto, and of course it's the car that earns the penalty. Uh, the penalty is assessed not to each individual driver, so you get your co-driver taking over, and often what some of the first jobs that the new driver has to do is serve penalties for the previous guy. What's happened here on the exit of the final corner? That's again track limits with both cars, the certainly the Audi and the 55 of Michele Rugolo running wide it's on the, the exit of Turn 9. It's the 55 and the 12 together again, isn't it? Yeah, but the 75 of Joe Osborne also pushing a bit wide and there was, uh, I suppose, an element of it pursuing Michele Rugolo and following it off the track. You'll still be done for it. Over the sausage curb there went the number... Wasn't the 12, it's the car behind the 12 on the road. Maybe I'll be Matt that's Bell. The, that's the 22. Yes, it is. And we said that he was catching, catching. He's caught. Mm. So this car started by Jim Maguire, the United Autosports entry, and now taken over by the man from the northeast of England, Matt Bell. Well, six minutes to go, Johnny, and the ninth position car overall, eighth in LMP3, is the 55 of McKinney Rugolo. Uh, he is at the moment three seconds ahead of Matt Bell. But they've got two other cars between them. Mm. So there's four cars separated by 3.5 seconds for, well, some significant points here for these guys. Yeah. Matt, Matt Bell is the man charging here. That's a good point. And uh, to finish in the top ten will certainly be crucial. And any better than that, then the increments become more substantial remember it's 25 points for a class victory 18 points for second position 15 for third and it goes down to 12 10 8 6 4 2 and 1 and then if you're outside the top 10 but still classified you get half a point there's a point on offer for pole position as well in each of the classes very very busy part of the track here across the line with the Ferrari number 95 of Maurizio Mediani about to be lapped that is 10th and it's not lapped Ooh. it's 10th, 11th and 12th overall and with that Matt Bell getting both places it was indeed Matt Bell goes through gets two of them Tokyo Drift style almost <laughs> as the number 12th car goes straight on yeah so Matt Bell got it stopped he gains a class position he gains two overall positions and that is more points for the 22. Let's watch this again. That was the 12 car going by the 95, but completely missing his breaking point. Matt Bell, meanwhile, as the uh, as the Ferrari driver was just watching the 12 car sail by. Well, that's the thing. The Ferrari, I think, saw it coming and didn't want to turn in. And Matt Bell just braked extra early and thought, I'll just pick the two of you off by uh, going neat and tidy through the corner. Four minutes to go, and there's a black and orange flag for the fifth position car overall. That's the SPV car, the 44 car. Repair rear lower lights. Yes, that was the rear right corner, I think. So it's uh, part of the legality panel, which is hanging earlier. loose. Yeah, As a result of contact with the number eight Lamborghini earlier on, the SVC orange car, it was Cedric Mezar and the driver of the 44 was Alvaro Fontes at the time. And as a result of the contact, which presumably was looked into and no further action necessary, but it did do damage to one corner, rear, rear corner of the 44, and it's not the light out. The light has to be working. That's, that's absolutely dreadful luck for that team. That could gift fifth position to Ross Warburton, although he's got his mirrors full at the moment of the number 53 car that's the M Racing YMR car number 53 just with Warburton now Juan Malara 
And this, at the moment, a battle for sixth position. It could become a battle for fifth. Three minutes to go. The gap for the lead, by the way, under 15 seconds. And there is Colin Noble heading into Rint Corner, the penultimate on the circuit. This 2.6-mile Red Bull ring in the valley in the Styrian Mountains and some concerned looks probably all the way up and down the pit lane here because this uh, race still offering us some unanswered questions. The 65 car, which is the Graf entry, started by Adrian Schiller and taken over by Emilien Card. The two French drivers and Kart has uh, established that third place position despite Andy Merrick's best efforts to reel in car 65 in the Motorsport 98 car. So there's some fighting drives here up and down the field, haven't they? Amongst them, Matt Bell into the top ten overall from way, way down the field. He took the car over from Jim Maguire. Victor Mediani, another man who's fought back. Second at the moment, and looks like retaining it in GT3. Joe Osborne has dropped back a little from this. What was a fight as he came out from that stop-go. Yes, Matt Bell on course for a best result as far as the two-hour races are concerned this year. The duo managed to get a point at Monza, and this could be potentially two points in uh, Austria because of, uh, as you say, it's into the top ten overall, but it would be a ninth-place finish in class. So another 90 minutes to go until we see the chequered flag, and we may well, of course, get a few extra seconds as well, depending on where the leader is. Stayed dry to this point. There is rain on the way, but it looks like we're going to get this race done before things get very, very wet and slippery. Keep in eye, by the way, another battle that is developing here. We talked about uh, the 44 car likely needing to pit before the end of this race. My guess is they won't, and we'll argue the case afterwards. But behind them, Ross Warburton fending off at the moment Ron Milara. Uh, I think this is a lifetime best for Ross Warburton in the mm. 14 car. He took that car over from Alex Capardi in second position, lost a couple of places on pace, uh, but has, I think, put in his best, the best driver I've seen. This is exactly what the Le Mans Cup is about. It's about putting gentleman drivers into positions where they're put under pressure, but not as much pressure as, for instance, the European Le Mans series bring on the skill set, usually with the help of a professional driver, in this case Alex Capardia, and it appears at the moment to be working. It is 2.3 seconds is the gap between the two. The clock is about to expire. Ten seconds to go before the chequered flag comes out. Will the Norma... The Norma will have to go through and will have to do another lap try to duck, duck out of that, I think, a little. Checker flag comes out just as the Norma goes through. There will need to be another lap for the leader. The gap, by the way, is 13 seconds, but, of course, Colin Noble will... No, he has. He's taken the flag. Didn't see the flag there on the stand, but it, the, the timing screen tells us Alex Terrell has won this race. Yeah. Together with his teammates... Confirmation on our screen that uh, Alex did see the chequered flag and the gap at the line, 12 seconds between Alex Durrell and Colin Noble, who is also home. Uh, we're still awaiting for Emilian Card for the Graf crew. Uh, car shared with Adrian Schiller, as I mentioned, and Schiller and Card's car about to come across the line. Still waiting for 
one or two other runners as well. Congratulations to Fabini, uh, Fabio Babini, I should say, and his teammate in the 46. That's Emanuele Busnelli, who qualified the car early this morning, handed over to fellow Italian, and that car is going to take victory in GT3 in the end from the 95 Spirit of Race Ferrari. Classic display there from the Motors crew. Again, though, should say rotten luck for the Ram Racing team. Uh, great run at the start from Tom Monslow Cole and what looked like a fighting display from Ramon Voss. We did get to see the incident that actually accounted for the Ram Racing AMG. They're all home and it will be 19 of the 21 starters completing the distance. And that was a good one, Johnny. It certainly was. And the DKR engineering norma is clearly very, very good. But it's always fun to see what the Ligiers can do in this configuration of uh, LMP3. They all run with exactly the same 5-litre V8 Nissan engine. And it's a question of uh, Ligier, at this stage in the season at least, trying to narrow that gap. But we have, on many occasions, seen Ligiers take victory. That's now then just to update the points a win for Nielsen Racing and we had the two 55 minute races at Le Mans so a win for the number two United Autosports car and DKR Engineering so back to back victories in fact for Jean Glorio and Alex Terrell from France into Austria so they will retain their championship lead with another 25 points going their way. Nielsen Racing, second in the championship coming into this race, gets second place in the race. So at least they keep their heads above water as far as everything else is concerned as well. But might be a little bit disappointed to see that championship gap open up from 10 points to now 18. Well, the crowd enjoyed it. Still lovely sunshine here, not spoiled, or in racing terms, possibly enhanced by the introduction of some additional weather conditions. We thought we might get some rain. That went away. Happy EP Motors crew. Correctly so. 12 seconds, by the way, the gap at the flag eventually. Colin Noble never gave up the chase, but it always looked as if Alex Terrell had that one in hand. But a race it was very much to the flag and well the, the Ligier hordes know that the Norma is quite a piece of work now mm. yep just one of them present in this race but there are to be three in the European Le Mans series event tomorrow the gap's actually going to be 17 points I beg your pardon from the 10 that it was coming into this race because uh, DKR get 25 Nielsen Racing get 18 and the number two United Autosports car not with us this weekend so that raced at Le Mans it didn't race at Monza so that gap's going to be fairly considerable now because the next car on the list is 55 and that was way down in ninth position so starting to turn into a bit of a two horse race in the early stages of the Le Mans Cup between this car and number 79 of Nielsen Racing as far as the team's championship in GT3 is concerned it was, well, effectively Lee Mole leading the championship with his co-driver Phil Keane, although the seven car finishing in fourth position. So that is ground gained by EB Motors, who trailed by uh, seven and a half points. And I think they'll take the lead. I think they may well take the lead. 25, compare that to what will 12. Lee Mole get? 12, OK. So they get 13 
Yeah, additional points, they will take the lead. It's really bunched it up at the head of the order as far as GT3 is concerned, and that's what we like. Limol and Phil Keane just struggling a little bit, although helped out by some trials and tribulations for other cars, including the Ram Racing Mercedes and Tom Onslow Cole already writing off this year's championship for the number five Ram Racing crew, which is a shame for him to admit. I'm not sure whether that's necessarily the case because we still have three more races to go, three two-hour affairs, the next being at Paul Ricard at the end of August. Then we take the visit to Spa-Francorchamps in September and we end our season at Portimao in Portugal in October. But there are the winners at EB Motors. Very smart racing suits to match the livery of the car. Fabio Babini and Emanuele Busnelli, the man who's worked tremendously hard today to take pole position initially and do that very impressive stint. There's Alex Terrell to receive congratulations from the team and from Jean Clorio and DKR Engineering again on the top step of the podium. The Belgian and the Spaniard being run by the team from Luxembourg, DKR. There's a young man, by the way, that realises the significance to his burgeoning career of this series. Offers him an opportunity to build a presence in sports car racing. I have zero doubt we'll be seeing a lot more of Alex Terrell. Mm. Yes, up and down the uh, prototype ladder, potentially. And Alex Terrell, uh, experienced in GTs, has raced a lot at the Nürburgring over the course of uh, his relatively short career. And Alex then, another victory for this year's Michelin Le Mans Cup, having been um, victorious in the Saturday morning event of the Road to Le Mans race, which was uh, round 2B, if you like, of this year's championship. The rain has now started to fall right at the end of the race. Let's have a word, though, with one of our winners down with Charlie George. Well, guys, you look very happy. You've had three pole positions so far. The win so far had escaped you until now. Finally, you've taken that win. Yes, we are very much delighted. It's, I'm uh, having goosebumps at the moment, and I'm sure Alex uh, is having as well. So uh, certainly after the race at Le Mans, uh, now uh, again uh, to be at the top step of the podium, it's it's really crazy feeling. Alex, how did you enjoy that final stint? Uh, it was amazing. The car was unbelievable good. I was improving lap by lap. Even if I was thinking, don't push, don't push, take it easy. But the car was amazing. I could have a, had a, thanks to his job, I had a really comfortable stint. Was managing my gap. So unbelievable job by the team, by everyone. I'm really, really happy of this win. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I do like to see a young racing driver thoroughly enjoying a win. Mm, yeah, and uh, you get so much enthusiasm from Alex Durrell, don't you? The uh, highlights of the race, and there were many of them heading across the line of this uh, 21-car field, and we managed to get, thankfully, 19 of them home, uh, despite various incidents, as I say, quite early on in the race, although they cleanly got through the first corner. This was a run through the gravel for Sean Lynn early on in the United Autosports 23 car that was down at Rauch corner some overtaking lots of it in fact for Alex Kapadia who scythed his way up the order from 18th position on the grid to run as high as second at one point and forcing this mistake from the 99 car spinning into the gravel at turn four 
although Alain Costa was able to recover that situation. Tom Oslo-Cole was the most awake when the green flag came out after the full-course yellow that was generated by that gravelly moment for the 99 car. Tom Oslo-Cole then getting the jump on Busnelli up the hill. There was contact and synchronised spinning at Rint Corner for both the 98, the Motorsport 98 car, and the 53 from M Racing. Car going totally straight on at Turn 1, missing its braking point, and there was further contact afterwards between the 44 here and the 8 on the exit of Turn 1 up the hill. And this battle enthralled us for many, uh, a sort of 10, 15, 20-minute period between the 44 and the 53. So my thanks personally to Alvaro Fontes and to the 53 driver, Natal Biel, for keeping us entertained. This is what happened and unfortunately eliminated Raymond Voss's Mercedes, the Ram racing car. Uh, was has, had made contact with the 33 machine. We didn't never got to see that incident, but we understand the 33 connected with the five car on, in the braking area for turn one resulted in the 90 in the five car rather getting a rear right puncture and the car was out of the race on the spot. That was the change for second position in GT3 and here was the win for Fabio Babini and Emanuele Busnelli. It was victory for DKR Engineering in the LMP3 part of the race as well for Jean Clorio and for Alex Turrell. Turrell coming over the line a little earlier than expected with the chequered flag being displayed. Let's get some reaction from elsewhere on the grid from GT3 now with Charlie George. Well, Emanuele, congratulations. That was the perfect race, pole position and the win. Yes, it was a perfect race, perfect race. Uh, I did my stint uh, in, uh, very well. I mean, I didn't make many mistakes. I tried to keep the position. And uh, then uh, Fabio make a great job uh, and the car was perfect uh, thanks to the team and uh, I'm so, so happy. Fabio, he did a great job, didn't he? Yeah, very good race, but the, the, the important uh, race is the first part because uh, Kiko and very fast in the beginning, stay near to the, the Mercedes and in front of the Audi, it is important for me to take the car in the second place, I push in and Mercedes have their hair or the... the, the the spoon in the corner one, it is uh, the first place and uh, I continue to push for the final of the race. But the, thank you very much for all the staff at AB Motor and Lamborghini. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well done. And after having a word with Fabio Babini and Emanuele Busnelli, we now focus on the podium for round three of the Michelin Le Mans Cup for 2017. Congratulations, first of all, to our third-place finishers for Graf in their Ligier JSP3, Adrian Schiller and Emilian Kart. Second place going the way of Tony Wells and Colin Noble, but the victory to Jean Glorio and to Alex Turrell, and it'll be another opportunity to hear the Luxembourg national anthem, having heard it on Saturday morning at the Le Mans 24 Hours. DKR Engineering once again victorious in the Michelin Le Mans Cup, and there is a team representative from DKR to join them on the top step as well. The 
National Anthem of Luxembourg for DKR Engineering and the Michelin caps go back on to the heads then of the seven personnel, six drivers and uh, the extra DKR Engineering representative and now one of the Michelin staff members to hand the trophies to our third place runners. Congratulations once again to Emilia Kraut and Adrian Schiller. A hard fight for the uh, the chasing cars this afternoon but uh, we heard from Alex Terrell and I think he's absolutely right by the way Jean Glorio great job in the first part of that race he defended that lead he managed that lead that's all he had to do eventually but uh, a fine race in LMP3 particularly I think in the first hour there it was topsy-turvy stuff all the way up and down the top 10 and beyond and uh, those efforts appreciated by a watching crowd just spotted Amato Ferrari from of course are in that lot no doubt waiting for the number 95 crew in the GT battle yep so photographs to be done after the strains of Ons Himecht which is the title of the Luxembourg national anthem I have to admit I didn't know that off, off oh. the top of my head but what else is the internet it's for it's homeland ah our homeland Ons Himecht ok there you go and we may well be hearing the Luxembourg National Anthem a few more times this year with three further races to come at Paul Ricard, at Spa and at Portimao. But the champagne is now being sprayed for the six drivers that are on the LMP3 podium after two hours of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. And it was the French tricolor livery for car 65 that came home in third position. Schiller and Cart. A great combination, bronze and silver, respectively. Second place going the way of Tony Wells. A tremendous drive from Tony. And we look forward to his stint tomorrow in the European Le Mans series, ably assisted by the silver-graded driver Colin Noble, who was very, very fast indeed, trying to close in on Alex Turrell and Jean Clorio's DKR Engineering Norma M30. The gap in the end closed to 12 seconds after 77 laps. But this orange and black car... Clearly, the qualification specialist didn't manage to get pole this weekend, but has on three other occasions. And can anyone stop the Norma M30 for the remainder of the year? It's opened its championship lead now up to 17 points from the Nielsen Racing Ligier. And more champagne slurping to be done down at ground level as the second podium is being prepared. We've got uh, a further six drivers to be welcomed then to the first floor here at Red Bull Ring. Last few bits of preparation being done then. There is the winning car, number 46 from AB Motors, the Lamborghini Huracan with the Michelin branding on the top of the windscreen. And car 46 having an opportunity to cool off now in Park Ferme conditions, of course, and there may well be some post-race scrutineering as well to make sure that everything is kosher sunshine returns after that uh, brief shower so the clouds heading off over the lumpy stuff in the background and first the podium of Joe Osborne and Flick Haig from Optimum Motorsports yeah so they finished in third position in their 5.2 litre Audi R8 LMS from Optimum Racing second place going the way of Spirit of Race with the aged Ferrari the Swiss team with the Swiss and Italian drivers Christoph Ulrich and Maurizio Mediani but it is a win for EB Motors in the Lamborghini Manuele Busnelli to the left and Fabio Babini to the right and that is an Italian team so we will in a moment hear the Italian national anthem
Italy, uh, national anthem of Italy and there are the caps then going back onto the heads of Emanuele Busnelli and Fabio Babini and now a representative from the track from the Red Bull ring here in Spielberg to hand the trophies to Joe Osborne and to Flick Haig. Second place trophies the way of Christoph Ulrich with a very impressive opening stint. Uh, we'll look forward to Christoph's further progress through the year in the Le Mans Cup, ably assisted by Maurizio Mediani. But EB Motors taking the spoils with Babini and Busnelli in the Lamborghini Huracan GT3. Same engine that's in the back of the Audi but the prancing horse went a little quicker this weekend and obviously the Audi with uh, one or two problems as far as the regulations were concerned again and Joe Osborne perhaps having to force a smile on the third step of the podium Yeah, he'll be frustrated I'm sure post-race he'll have a tale or two to tell but uh, Fabio Babini well, he's an old hand now but he's still very, very quick thoroughly enjoying the chant of the Italians by the way which is the, the translation for what is... For me, it absolutely sounds Italian, doesn't it? The yes. Italian national anthem. Yes. If it's a glorious to, thing. If you had to encompass the, the Italian characteristics in a national anthem, that does it splendidly, and I've always thought that. Exuberant, but uh, with a sense of humour as well. And there is the Audi then that finished in third position. It might have been so much better were it not for that relatively late uh, drive-through. Stop go, in fact, and Joe Osborne left it late. I hope there are not further repercussions because of that, we'll wait and see. This, the 95 finished in second position. That's the car raced by Spirit of Race, and they have a number of cars in this field, as they do in the European Le Mans series. So Ulrich and Mediani, the duo that came home in the older 458 model. But it was EB Motors with their very smart-looking Lamborghini Huracan, Emanuele Busnelli and Fabio Babini just exiting the chicane there and some great slow-mo action from earlier on in the race didn't have it all its own way and there was one or two the one or two off-track moments I think bearing scars as well on that right-hand side after contact with the cool racing car in fact with the YMR car I beg your pardon a little earlier on in the race a rainbow in the distance here as the rain does start to pour again here in Spielberg I have a funny feeling we might see quite a bit more of this tomorrow for the European Le Mans series race, which is due to start at 1pm Central European time through till 5 o'clock. Join us for the build-up, though, at 12.30 CET. Do the very relevant uh, calculations to make sure that you're around for our build-up. My thanks to Graham Goodwin, who's the editor of DailySportsCar.com. Johnny Palmer here in the booth, signing off for the evening. Stay dry if you can, and we look forward to an action-packed, I'm sure, third round of the year for the ELMS tomorrow. But the Michelin Le Mans Cup has been a fantastic aperitif, I think, this weekend. And congratulations to all involved, all the winners. It's bye for now, though. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMans.com.